Hey, Ken. Hey, what's up, man? You know what a PlayStation is? You ever hear about PlayStation? You know what that is? You know what a PlayStation is? Ah, uh, that's like uh, that's like uh, that's like uh, what the kids do these playing, days, right? Play on the stations. They play on them stations. Uh, They're Nintenders. Uh huh. They're Ataris. Uh huh. Cramadors. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Yeah, I know what a PlayStation is, you fucking cad. Okay, what, uh, what, well, uh, what are you talking about here? So, about every season or so, PlayStation likes to release, like, little little things kind of, like, showcasing their lineups for that season. Yeah. Like, little videos. Yeah. And uh, Sony did one for the winter. It's called a Winter Mixed Music Video. Oh, I know what you're talking about here. Yeah. They put it out, and people kind of looked at it and dug in a little bit. And figured out that the entire video was plagiarized. The animations were plagiarized. It took the, they took it's it's like frames from other animated things right. that they basically reanimated to be with different characters. They and just shit. changed the colors and like yeah, it's like the same exact animation happening. They just like recolored them and like put different stuff over them. Yeah, but they like straight up like stole it. Um, well, it's PlayStation didn't. So to no, they they video, hired a guy who right, did right. this, right? Yeah. So they hired the person they hired to make this this animation because they never do this stuff in house. They always contract somebody, some kind of like independent animator to make these kind of things, right? Yep. So the uh, the animator of this, his name is Kevin Bow. He is a he's an independent animator, right? Independent. Independent. Mm-hmm. belongs to a company, and uh, he had an account. Nothing independent about this. Uh, he's very dependent. It's really a collab. Just yeah. you didn't ask people right, to collab yeah, you with just you. Didn't ask them. You didn't ask other people who animated uh, Fully Cooly, Steven Universe, Goblins. Lots of YouTube animations and things too. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. They, they stole from a lot of people. Well, he stole from a lot of people. He yeah. Stole, uh, even like there's even like a little cat meowing at the beginning, but that's ripped too. It's just every single little piece of animation to that thing. Every single thing. Yeah. So. Since this happened and people kind of started digging it up, this Kevin Bow uh, took down uh, his his profile on a website called Connection, which is like a, a foreign uh, site for people to find like contractors. He took his profile down from that, right? Exactly what a not guilty person would do. Right. Took down his Instagram account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much basically unable to be contacted through the internet at this very moment. He went into why. hiding officially, basically. Right. And then mm. people kind of started digging further, and practically all of his work is plagiarized. Yeah, I was seeing this as well. Like everything. He did, somebody pulled and uh, dug up an animation from him from like two years ago, and it's and it's a it's a uh, direct ripoff of something that something that Golden Wolf animated for YouTube Gaming two years ago. He was doing this shit. It's uh, kind of made it uh, his entire one. career. Yep, here's another one from two years ago. He stole, he stole from a guy named Troy Sullivan. He stole from an animator named Alex Grigg. Everything. There's a long laundry list of people that this guy stole from. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it very much. But this is oddly, like, this happens a lot. Not to this scale by one individual. Yeah. But it does kind of happen a lot. Like, there's, I've seen many a video where people are like, okay, so look at this fight choreography over here. Yeah. And then look at uh, DC copied it. 
right. for uh, this Batman animated film or whatever. Like that happens weirdly a lot. Yeah, they think they can get away with it too because it's like mm. independent people. Even in not animation, like uh, forget the name of the artist. I don't want to like shit talk anyone specifically anyway. But uh, there's a Marvel artist who like famously just traces things for yeah. his art. Like it'll be like a fucking cover of like Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, uh-huh. and he'll just trace like Pamela Anderson on the cover of a Maxim who is posing, like, half-naked. And then he'll just, like, put clothes on her and just pretend it's Sue Storm. Jesus Christ. And then there's, like, like things where, like, you know, there's, like, a man grimacing in the background, and it's literally the meme of that old dude clutching his heart. He just traced that. Jesus Christ. And stuff like that. And then there's, like, it's not even only once that he uses a single image. Like, there's been multiple cases where the guy has used the same image traced multiple times in different sources and different books that stuff drives me nuts dude i hate it so much just because there's so many talented artists in in just typical like comic art or like animation that are so talented just to like have their work be copied or even just reposted i hate when that happens when yeah. just like drake's just like this art's sick and then just like it gets a million retweets and it's like cool hi i'm the artist would have been cool to have a shout out drake instead of just you know okay thanks drake right you know when stuff like that happens it drives me fucking nuts please respect animators and artists yep they're fucking doing the lord's work man they're, they're making, making good shit and most of the time starving for it um, so the uh, animation studio that apparently was contracted by Sony, who therefore contracted Kevin Bow, yeah, um, responded and said that they had the, the typical response. They had no knowledge that the work produced by Kevin Bow was plagiarized. We have ceased immediate, in effect, any representation of his work and him, and have contacted Kevin for a response. You know what his response is going to be? I do nothing, or just nothing. He'll say nothing. He's just not going to say anything. He's just going to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes, and it'll continue to go. I would love... For, I'm, I'm glad he's disappearing. Get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, we don't need that shit. Put him in the pit. Shove him down a hole. Literally profiting off of other people's work is probably, like, the lowest of the low, man. I'm going to sit him down and tell him to, to actually animate something himself, and he's not going to be able to do it. <laughs> not, not for his life. Throw him in the pit. Animate and you can leave the pit. He ain't gonna be able to do oh, it. Shit, it'll be there forever. He ain't be able it's to genius. Do it. Yeah, it's genius. You got him. And in the pit he remains. <sighs> done, done. On to the next one. Done. I'm done, no. and I'm on to the next. Oh, this chair going break. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Again. Hey, what up, Job? We just did the intro thing again. <laughs> Wait. Oh, no, we're in an infinite causality loop. <laughs> you know what a PlayStation is? Oh, my God. <laughs> Justin was the copy man all along. 
<laughs> copying myself. Oh my god. Is it plagiarism if you plagiarize yourself? No, it's just doing it again. I have to ask ACDC about that one. Hey, no, they never plagiarize themselves. I wouldn't say so. Yeah, just... Some of them riffs sound like ACDC riffs. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. Might have to contact ACDC <laughs> and tell them about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ken Job Show. That's Ken. Are we supposed to be singing? I'm Job. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what we you're doing. Die Hard Four. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just in pain because normal. No, I'm just. Uh, in, no, I mean, I'm normally in pain, but I'm also in pain because we watched Die Hard Four. Trash. It's spoilers. Trash. Wasn't that good. Trash. Wasn't wasn't that good. I'm, I would go yeah. as far to say it's trash. You know, Bruce Willis, there's a quote, said that he thought it was the best one of the four. Not just of Die Hard sequels, of the four. No, it's including the first one? Yeah. He's dumb. We may get into that a little bit today. Not not so much. Not too much. But, but we'll touch upon it. Okay. We'll touch upon it. About how dumb he is? A little bit, a little bit. Okay, fun, fun. I'm excited for that. Ken, have you played anything else other than Arkham City? No. Oh, okay, very good. No, you know, my life something. is a hollow lie where I just keep playing the Batman game. Uh, I am pretty much done with it, though. Uh, yeah, I saw you beat New Game Plus. Yeah, and I did all the side quests in New Game Plus, too, which you have to do to get the plat. Ah! Anyway. Stupid. Um... Do it twice. Yeah, just do, do it again. Twice. It's not It's not even, like, exciting to do those again. So many of the side quests are just, like, not fun to do a second time because a lot of them are kind of just, like, go to place, discover thing, get cutscene kind of things, and it's just kind of frustrating to do that again. When I'm going through New Game Plus, I'm skipping all the cutscenes, you know? So, like, finding all of the hushed victims is not too exciting to do a second time right. now that all of the reveals are known to me. Because that's all I'm getting out of those. There's no, like, gameplay. So, yeah, having you have to do those twice is really asinine. Anyway, I haven't been doing a whole lot besides that. Gonna start playing Arkham City soon. I'll talk about some shows later, Arkham but if you want to... Yeah, that one. Whatever one I'm on. I got, like, two game things to talk about. Okay. Talk about those, then I'll talk about some shows, and then It'll we'll be, talk about dude. Die Hard, and then we'll go to bed. Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> got the schedule Listen, ready man, and available. I just, I just got off work and I ate dinner and my life is a fucking miserable <laughs> piece of shit. And I just want to go to bed. So anyway, that's for my other show after this. So yeah, it's a long night for your boy. Yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah, you'll I'll live. I'll make it. I'll just like hyper talk and I'll just fall asleep. Man, who would know what that's like? Hey, who would ever? Who would ever guess? Hey, it's like I make the show and I'm tired too much. Uh, I mean, it's impossible not to sometimes. Day jobs suck. I played Tetris Effect. Oh yeah, On you VR. got that, that VR. How Tetris Effect? Amazing. If you like the Tetris, right? You like, I like the Tetris. You like doing the blocky block. I'm not good at the Tetris. Do I have to be good at the Tetris? No, there, there's difficulties. You can put on easy. Okay. Just put on easy and just make it easy. And Let me ask you a question that pertains to Genhart's interests. Okay. Is there a plat in that game? Yes. Do you got to play it on hard? I, I don't know. I have to look. Let me check real quick. All right. While I'm talking about the game. Okay. So Tetris Effect, I'd say, even more than just like a 
it's like a regular ass Tetris <laughs> game, right? Like the, as far as like the actual Tetris gameplay goes, it's not. You could do kind of like crazy. free free flow arcade mode kind of shit too. Yeah. Okay. And the only thing that it adds, as far as like gameplay goes, is you have like what is sort of like a super, where like as you're destroying blocks, this meter builds up. Okay. And then when the meter fills up, there's an ability you can activate, and. When you complete a line, it pushes that line down to the bottom in, like, this big white block over a certain amount of time. Okay. And then it busts them all at once. All right. When, by the time your meter runs out, you could do it up to ten blocks. So you could essentially get, like, a double Tetris at the same time. Nice. doing something. But on top of that, if you have, like, stuff that's, like, kind of fucked up, you could just complete, like, just regular lines and get it pushed down so you could bring the bad shit up and get rid of it. Which is it's a, it's a nice little bailout. It's like a nice little bailout move on top of just something you can capitalize to get like a lot of score, which exists in this. You score points. And okay. It's really cool. Uh, it's it's nothing too crazy as far as like a mechanic goes. Other than that, it plays like Tetris. But the big thing uh, about Tetris Effect that I love is the experience of it playing in VR. The each. The game has like a campaign style thing, right? And it has like like five different like five different sections, I'd say. And each of them have like four four Tetris boards in them. You have to complete. Sure. Once you advance to the next board, you have to you have to get rid of a certain amount of uh, you have to clear a certain amount of rows, right? And each area, well, each like level, I'd say well, it is uh, has like a different kind of theme, which is like a, a different visual style and song to it. That's going on, like, all around you in VR. Along with some pretty damn good music while you're playing Tetris. And, it, like, and especially at times when you have the VR headset on, you have really good headphones on, which I have a nice, really, really nice pair of Sennheiser headphones that make it sound very good. Cool. And you can just plug into the VR headset and use. And it sounds, it sounds and looks excellent in that way. And it, it feels good. To play, it gives you like some, some sort of like sensory experience. It's a it's a Tetris. visual game Very. first and foremost. Like it has to be something. Tetris can be complex, but something like low key like Tetris that you're actually playing because it's primarily a visual thing. I would guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The only thing that I'm seeing here, you do have to do a hundred T spins. You know how to T spin. No. I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, so you know like the 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 T block? It sort of looks like a T. Yeah. It's like a half T. Um you can you can rotate that block at like certain points to squeeze it into spots you normally couldn't. And that's called a T spin. Okay. It's a really good way. It's actually a way to set up clearing a Tetris. Is like you can uh, you can have something set up just like just a narrow enough thing to get in there and spin it inside of it while the block's falling in. And it'll fit in. That's called a T-spin. It's like a it's like a competitive Tetris thing. Okay, yeah, it's like when you're like moving a block after you actually kind of already placed it. Right, but you're doing it specifically to that block, that style block to fit it into something. Because those, because what's unique about the T-blocks is they can, because of the, I guess because of the way they're shaped, they could fit into weirder spaces than other blocks could. I kind of see what you mean. Right. So you got to do a hundred of those. Jesus Christ. A T-spin a hundred times. You also need to clear uh, clear 500 test Tetris lines to get 500 back-to-backs, which is just Tetris and then Tetris again. Um, let's see. 
What else we got here? 500? I guess if you're playing a lot of Tetris, you'll do it. You just have to play this a lot, really. Yeah, yeah it doesn't look like... Difficulty doesn't matter. There's nothing... I'm sure there's situations where you can, like, grind easier. I'm sure. Yeah. I'll look into it, because I'm not necessarily good at Tetris. I, I, I'm just kind of, like, enthused by the concept of it. So, we'll see. Maybe down the line. Yeah, it's cool. It's, uh... It's only got 0.43% platinum. Oh, that ain't happening then. Rare. You just gotta, I think it's just because you got to play a lot of Tetris. I still would play through it, though. Yeah, least, no, it's yeah. worth experiencing. You don't have to get the platinum, obviously. I might. We'll see. I do love me some Tetris. 0.43% is yeah. pretty low, Justin. It's pretty low. And, but I'm, like, pretty good at Tetris. I do have a 0.1%. I'm pretty proud of that, except I'm not at all proud GTA of it. GTA Vice City? Yeah, Vice City is the worst plat of all time. Don't go. Don't try to get it. Don't try to get it. I'm, I'm literally telling everyone listening to this show and everyone in the world, don't get it. Don't do it. It's boring. Vice City is a good game. Vice City is a real good game. And I, I had a lot of fun until the last, I want to say, four hours because the last four hours were... Just me putting in a cheat code to blow up all vehicles and blowing up helicopters I had saved in garages at a specific safe house. Blowing up like six helicopters, six helicopters, six helicopters, six helicopters over and over and over again. Because if you have them saved in garages, they'll They'll fix and then respawn. So it's a trick. And the reason you're doing that is the trophy is to get your crime or criminal ranking up to... Some ridiculous amount, like a hundred million or ten million or something. Which, like, after you beat the game, you're lucky if you're at like five thousand. So, getting up to ten million or something, like you know, I'm just making up these numbers. I don't remember what the actual numbers were, but like, basically, you're not even close after doing everything in the game. It requires a lot of grinding, and like blowing up a helicopter gives you the most points, but it still isn't even close to enough literally the worst so literally it's like four to six hours of grinding that is necessary and there are other ways to do it but i wasn't set up to do them and they're kind of like glitchy and weird so yeah i don't recommend doing that i didn't do it all at once mind you i did it in 15 minute increments over the course of playing other games like every time i sat down i was like okay grind helicopters for 15 minutes and save and then i just did it until i got it so like it wasn't fun though it was it was not even close to fun. So uh Oh well. Don't do that one. Don't do it. I wouldn't recommend it. Don't do it. I wouldn't recommend it to a soul. But play the mayonnaise game. Cuz that's a waste of time for just a half hour. Yeah, but it's like easy. <laughs> yeah. I got that plat. Fuck it. <laughs> The game's actually kind of funny because it, it's it's entirely stupid just to be stupid. Yeah, it's like it's like a meme. Yeah, it's a meme. It's fine. My yep. name is Mayo, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. my name is Mayo. Yeah, mm. I'll be happy when I get this Arkham City one, but I'm gonna need help. Hi, Kuiper. Give me to help make me beat the game, please. Thank you. Okay. Never do that in a million years. You put yourself through way too much for platinum trophies. Yeah, I do. Shit that like you put yourself through shit that like legitimately upsets you <laughs> to get these. And I'm like and, and I look at you from like the back like like I just watch you do some of this stuff. I'm like, why? 
but I, I guess it's for the plat. You like the plat. No, nah, I'm an idiot. I'll, I'll freely admit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the next one I'm going to try to do is Arkham City. No, sorry. Knight. Arkham Knight. Yes. Arkham Knight's actually the easiest of the three because if you're bad at the challenges, which is the thing that I've always like had a problem with because yeah. combat in that game is really fun. Predator mode in that game is really fun. But being really, really, really good at it is super difficult to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get hit by the guys all the time, even with the little fucking things over their heads, you know. And New Game Plus was a nightmare for me without the little things over their heads telling you when to counter. Yeah. So, but, you know... Anyway, my, my point being, for Arkham Knight, it's it's not everything, literally everything, like it was for Asylum and City. It's just an amount, and that is included with all the DLC challenges and shit that they added, and there's a lot of those. So, basically, if I just play every single challenge in the game, and even if I do bad, as long as I just do it, I'll probably get the Plat Trophy. That's no nice. problem. And I'm kind of excited about actually being able to do one for once. But I do want that whole Batman trilogy platted. I'm just going to require help to do it, which is fun. You know, me and Kuiper had fun getting Asylums. He did most of the work. I at least got a head start on Cities because I'm a little better now than I was back yeah, in I'll Asylum. Yeah. But it, God, them campaigns are a piece of shit. I don't know yeah. if you know what those entail. Uh, that's three of the challenge maps in a row. So it's nine medals instead of three for each campaign. But they're all just repeated challenges. It's like, it'll give you like a combat challenge, predator challenge, combat challenge, something like that. Just for instance. Mm -hmm. And you have to give yourself restrictions on each one. There are power ups too, but like you can only use the thing once. So, like, for instance, I did one that I failed at miserably, and I gave myself a restriction on the combat challenge and a restriction on the predator challenge, and I did those. But then I didn't realize that it forces you to use the last one on the last one. Forces you to. So, unfortunately, it was an enemy is invincible, and it switches from enemy to enemy every, like, ten seconds. So I just got my shit wrecked because yeah. I was like, oh, I can't kill anyone. Oh, uh, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, now that I know that how they work a little bit more, I'll, I can maybe do a couple of those. But like, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm kind of just done with City and want to play Night. I want to play a new story right. yeah. more than anything else. I want to experience the side quests that I never played in the DLC and all that. So yeah. that'll be me next week. Right. You play anything besides Tetris Effect? I did. I played Button Truth. Which is another PSVR game, because that's all I've been doing. Is that like that spy movie one? Or well, it's not a spy movie. Or whatever, action? It is, yeah. It's like an action... Okay. action it's like an action movie game. We like playing an action movie or Die something. Die Hard the Game. Right, no. It's more like... Not literally. <laughs> it's more like uh, English mob revenge time, the game. Actually. Lock, sock, and two smoking barrels, the game. Yeah. All right. Except, like, yeah, it's more, it's more about, like, your crime family and shit. Okay. All right, so, yeah, yeah Blood and Truth is a is a first-person VR game. It has to be first-person VR, I guess. Not necessarily. Astrobot. Is Tetris first-person? Tetris is just the board. Yeah, but you're looking at it. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> it must be some kind of, like, like emperor god entity. I've never really thought about it. Is Tetris a first-person game? Because yeah. there's no other person besides you? Whoa, dude. <laughs> Oh, dude, this weed! <laughs> Whoa, I figured out it. I figured it out. I cracked the code. Oh. I'm sorry. Talk about the game. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> one, one good snatch game. Uh, 
only on VR. And you play as a dude who's uh, came from an English crime family, uh, but went to the went to the army, and then came back and we came back to to the the Great Britain because his dad passed away. And when he comes back, uh, after right after his dad's funeral, this other this other guy who's who's like been gaining traction in in the in the crime syndicate uh, comes in and seizes all your shit. That's like a hostile takeover of all of your family's property while they're still vulnerable from your guy's father. Your guy's father passing away. So the game follows your character and his family fighting back against this guy to get all their shit back and get rid of him because he's a fucker. What the game consists of, and the plot's probably the least important thing of it because it's okay. It's fine. Okay. The best part about the plot is just, just like a bunch of bunch of British guys saying fuck to each other or whatever. And that's fun. They're just being people being mean to each other. You can vape in that game. That's also a thing. <laughs> There's like vapes laying around. But... You go through these levels, and uh, the game recommends that you be sitting down while playing it, which is fine, but also there's a lot of segments in the game where your character's standing up, so it's kind of uncanny. Then you're like, oh, maybe I should just stand up and play the game. Then there's a bunch of segments in the game where your character's crouching down and, and sitting down without you doing it, so that's also a little uncanny. The game's fun, I promise. All right. It just feels weird at first, I guess. There's, like, platforming segments, too, where you're, like, climbing up shit, and, like... That's also weird feeling because you're in VR, you're not moving, but you're climbing, and that just feels strange. At least to me. I don't know. Maybe it's like a motion sickness thing. I'm not sure. Sure, maybe. I don't feel like physically sick. I just feel weird. I was wondering how that was going to affect you playing VR. Because I know that you're the kind of person that doesn't even like to watch 3D movies because right. of motion sickness kind of shit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So VR is kind of It's fine okay. for the most part. Right. I, don't get, I don't get motion sickness problems. For the most part, besides, besides, this game's the first time that, like, I felt weird. It's because it's making, like, you do a bunch of moving around without yourself actually moving. Which is, like, I guess just, like, really uncanny for me and feels strange. But I guess there's not really anything you could do about that, you know? Sure, that makes sense. A lot of games solve that problem by, like, having you teleport around instead of, like, actually moving. This game doesn't do that. And then there's platforming segments, which are fucking weird. But the uh, there's a lot of shooty shooties in the game. There's a lot of different guns. Uh, it feels good to shoot. Every gun has like, has like reflex sights you can aim down. Not every gun, but they have sights that you can aim down. If you position your gun correctly in front of you, you can aim with them. Uh, there's great variety of weapons between like sniper rifles and shotguns and six shooters. I haven't even gotten to the best part about the game. Best part about the game is you can hit a button on the PlayStation Move controller you're using to play this game. And you can do different hand gestures. Including the peace symbol, the rock symbol, and the middle finger. And you could do this at any time throughout the game. <laughs> including cutscenes. Oh, whenever good. you want. You have full free range movement with your arms and to do shit with your hands. So I did a lot with that, and that's where I've had the most fun with this game. Like, there's a segment where you're where you're taken in by a CIA guy, and he's questioning you. And I just flip him off the entire time he's on the screen. Oh, good. Unfazed. <laughs> he's just he's yeah. just cool with it. I tried putting that finger in the guy's ear. <laughs> <laughs> did it work? Nope. Oh. 
There's a part. Uh, there's a part where you're riding in a car with your with your brother, and he hands you a vape that tried to stick it in his mouth. Can <laughs> <laughs> vape this, bro? God. And that that didn't work too well, but I phased my hand through his, and that was weird. Because you, you, your hands don't have like this is sort of like it's it's fun that VR is like this sometimes. Yeah, it is, but it's usually advertised as a very immersive experience where like you know oh you you can't even tell that you're playing a video game you're just like there man but like no that's not the reality. No, there's a lot of shit that really right. throws it off. Like, I think once VR game developers like moved off of that kind of notion. I think is when VR hit is like starting to hit its peak of creativity. You can just have fun with like it, that. yeah. yeah. Just, have, just present stuff for you to have fun with being able to have that movement and have like that visual immersion and that motion detection. Because that's the big part about it is you have that encompassing 3D, you know, realm inside your head where you can move around and it moves, which is a big deal and it's really cool. But it doesn't necessarily have to feel like you're there. Okay. Um, the game that accomplishes. Funnily enough, a game that accomplishes that kind of more real feeling, I think, better is Super Hot. But Super Hot's already meta as it is, whereas you're, you're a guy playing. Yeah, it's not the realistic. Game. You're fighting against red people. In a, yeah, well, yeah. In, in the game Super Hot, you're playing a game. You're playing the game Super Hot. Right. Right. So having a VR game where you put on a VR headset and play a VR game somehow feels better and like more realistic oh my than a game like God. The layers, yeah, like ogres. It's, it's <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, it's but it is strange. But Blood and Truth is really fun in that. I don't know. There's a part of the game. Spoilers for Blood and Truth. That's plot's not important. Oh my god, Justin. Um, there's part of the game where your mom dies, <laughs> and like she just gets drive-by killed. That seems kind of major. Yeah, does it happen gets, early? Yeah, it does. Okay, it was like the fourth mission. <laughs> And she, right. and she gets she's drive by killed by you guys in that, that opposing family and uh You hate to see it. And right in front of your face, and then your guy starts like sobbing and shit, and then I just throw out the both rock on symbol on both hands, start flinging around <laughs> right in front of her corpse. <laughs> oh, VR is the future, man. Shit, man. Yeah. That's the best part about that game. It's fun though. The shooting's really solid. I enjoy it. It's fun to play. The, the, okay. You can do like all kinds of gadgets and stuff. You can pick locks, and that feels good, actually. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff about that game that's really fun. And it's, and I'm not really invested in the plot, but everything else I could do while the plot's happening keeps me invested. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, hey, yeah. It's not necessarily making your own fun. I'm sure they intend you to do a lot oh, yeah, of I'm that sure shit. That there's yeah. no way they, they did it unintentionally. They'd set that up so you can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can, like, I'll, I'll, there's one part where I'm running through a hallway shooting people, and I just put up the middle finger, and the other hand, I have an SMG just shooting people, and shit like that. It's there fun. There you go. There you go. I want to try that one. That one sounds fun as It's well. really fun. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy most yeah. of these games. The ones I really want to get are uh, Trover Saves the Universe and uh, the L.A. Noir one. Yeah. Because I'm actually, I'm, I'm a huge fan of L.A. Noir. I'm an L.A. Noir mark, if you will. Yeah. You know, when everybody was giving that game an eight, I'm like, yeah, it is, but I like it. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I was I, I wanted to set it up like I was going to make an argument that like, no, that game's a ten out of ten. It's not a ten out of no, ten. It's that not game, even close, baby. that game has a lot of elements that suck. But I kind of love La Noire. I think it has like a really good story. It kind of falters towards the end. Yeah. But um, the sewers, <laughs> It literally falters like Cole Phelps uh, falters and dies. Oh. Now that's a spoiler. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Your dead ass twelve year old. Whatever that game came out in like the nineteen twelves. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, sure. Whatever. 
Came out you could see it coming a mile away anyway. Came out in 1912. You bought two cans of peas. You got Nelly Noir for free. Stone Cold Dead in the market. <laughs> uh, nah, but like, Eleanor is great. So, like, the fact that you could make that game even more awkward <laughs> by playing the cases and just throwing shit at your partner. I and, do that so bad. I don't know. Just fucking, like, you know, I, I, I don't know how vulgar they go with it. Like, are you manipulating the corpse with your own hand? Like, to, like look at the face and shit. Oh, like, I'm sure. Because that shit was always funny to me, even back in the day, because you could just make the, like, just shake the head back and forth right. from the corpse. You'd no, no, do, no. You probably do even more in the VR version. <laughs> just be a not great cop. Yep. Can you run over people in VR? Does it still retain the open worldness of LA Noir? I don't think so. I think it's very linear. <laughs> you can never run over people even in the in no, LA you, Noir. You, you, like, fucking it's hard to do. It's a glitchy game though too. Oh, like yeah. you could still kill people. You just have to Just like, it's kind of like it's kind of like awkward when it happens because it's like you're not supposed to, and I don't even know if it thinks that you did. But it looks like. But it. yeah. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, and Trevor Saves the Universe looks great too. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think the concept, like Justin Roiland's really funny. Yeah. But I'm the kind of person that does kind of want to avoid Rick and Morty, just because. I don't think people talk about it too much for me to care. Rick and Morty's too fun. much. I like so, like Roiland has some really good comedic moments, and he has some piss poor ones too. Like he's not a he's not. Some I could see like that. I could see that. He's not all good, but he is. He, he does do a good job with like his ridiculous humor. And apparently, Trevor Saves Universe is all that. I did another game, Accounting Plus. Yeah, it's supposed to be really cool yeah, and fun, stupid. There's a Rick and Morty VR too, but like I don't know how much I would care about that. No, one. I don't really care about that. Yeah, one. I want to. I want to look at the other stuff. But yeah, there's, there's a bunch of other VR games I need to get. I just have I have this small pile. It's like a little pile that's sitting over there of yeah. VR games that I'm like in progress playing right now. Between between Beat Saber, which I play about an hour every day as exercise now. Cool. Um, which it, it's I feel I feel good playing that shit. Like I don't know, I love it. I love that game. I wish there were songs. Yeah, I don't want to buy. And then the ones that are available to me, I'm uninterested. Oh, in. you don't like Imagine Dragons or Panic? The new Panic at the Disco. It was old Panic at the Disco. I'd buy it. Oh, you don't like New Panic at the Disco? No. She likes to dance like Uma Thurman? Or is that Fallout Boy? I don't know. I, they're completely indiscernible at this point. You know, I, I had problems with it before just because I'm a... I don't know. That wasn't what I was listening to I at the time. I thought that song, High Hopes, was a Fallout Boy song. That's Panic. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was a Fallout Boy song. So it was High Hopes in the game. Yes. Okay. I thought that was a Fallout Boy song. Like straight up, I was like, "That's a Fallout Boy song." It it's like, really, no. it should be neither, <laughs> but like here we are, here we are in 2019. They make the same like pop yeah. music. I don't hate that song. It's just not necessarily like representative of what those bands were at their peaks no, for no. me. Although that's technically their peak. That's their highest charting single. Yeah. Uh, well, so panic, whatever. In my opinion, Panic peaks uh, right away. So that's fair. Yeah. A lot of bands do. I don't know. Still doing better than Green Day. I'll tell you that one. Oh God. Oh yeah, that shit. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd, li- I'd rather listen to High Hopes like ten times than that single once. I haven't listened to the new uh, Green Day song I yet. I'm, I, I've heard it sounds just like the other one, so that's oh, not a good. That's not wow. a good trend. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we out here. I heard the one song from the album. Like, oh, the whole album's gonna sound like this. We talked about it on an episode of the show. We, we said did. it was we, we we came to the hypothesis that they're just becoming Jet for right. some reason, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is amazing. Sounds like Jet. 
It sounds like Jet. Yeah. They sound just like Jet. Come on, suck my dick. And go down, Sam, down, diddle, 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 do. Gerhard, talk about your movie shit. Huh? Talk about the movie shit. No one's ever seen a movie. You're a liar. I saw a movie. No, it sucks. I saw a movie that doesn't suck. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Question Tarantula, a famous film director. Uh, he likes the foot. <laughs> All right, wait. He, he really hold likes hold the on, foot. He need, really liked the foot in this movie. I need context here. Yeah. Is it human foot or fruit by the foot? Uh, I don't Who doesn't like fruit by the foot? That doesn't count. No, he liked the feet. Oh. Feet on women. Oh. Yeah. Not on man? I don't know. There is a lot of shots of feet in this movie, but like, you know, the women get the bare feet. The men, not so much. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it got a lot of attention that there's feet in this one. But, like, there's always feet in his movies, but, like, specifically in this one, just because the feet that are in it are grody. Um, two scenes that I can think of, and this isn't a spoiler. I'm not going to spoil anything because, A, you haven't seen this movie. Correct. And, B, I don't want to spoil the movie because it's really good. And you right. should see it yeah. um, without knowing anything. Uh, although, I, I will say, you you do need, if you don't know enough about the Charles Manson murdering Sharon Tate situation, look up stuff about that before you see it. I did, but it pays to like, you know, it's, that's something that happened in the 60s, so maybe like younger people might not know everything. And I, I didn't know every single detail. I looked up stuff after the fact, and I was like, oh, that was a reference to this. That's cool. And little little Easter eggs and things about history are, are in the movie, and it's really cool to see. But definitely Wikipedia some shit before you watch this movie if you don't already know. There's lots of information out there anyway. It's, it's fine. Because um, it deals with that a lot. Deals with that a lot. Particularly in the last third which i guess is an hour because this movie is like close to three hours damn good movie though excellent movie probably my favorite of the year although i, I admit i haven't seen uh too too much um lighthouse. i need to see lighthouse really bad i need to see a movie called uh one cut of the dead really bad yeah i heard about that i need to see uh aladdin i'm just kidding i don't need to see aladdin oh, God, please. <laughs> Don't go see Aladdin, bud. <laughs> I need to see The Irishman. You've seen Aladdin. I have seen Aladdin. So I, I could say that uh, that I don't like Aladdin, the new one, because it's just Aladdin. Right. Which, Aladdin, the cartoon, great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, honestly. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Same with Lion King. Uh, I, that's kind of why I have no desire to see the remakes at all. They're, like, almost perfect Like, I'm already. against them. Like... I feel like James Rolfe, when he uh, made that Ghostbusters video, where he's like, no, nah, I just refuse outright to see the new Ghostbusters movie because <laughs> it looks like shit. And he got so much shit for it at the time because, you know, that was in the middle of that whole controversy about, like, you know, oh, they're women, and then people were being in asshats online about it. Yeah. Uh, but he just didn't want to see it because it looked like shit. That's why I didn't want to see it. And I agree. It looked yeah. like shit. Just I didn't see like it either. Movie. We may eventually be forced to watch it, Via the Gen and Jub show. Should put Ghostbusters on, huh? Well, I think we'll wait because there's a new one fucking coming out. When? Next fucking year, I'm pretty sure. Really? When? I I don't know. Next year, I think. It's weird that it's happening so soon, right? 
Is it like it's got some of the one? uh yes, it has people from the original in it this time. And they're reprising their roles. Like I'm pretty sure Bruce I'm sorry, like uh like uh Ackroyd and uh Murray mm-hmm. are are playing their characters from Ghostbusters in it. And it's like grandkids doing stuff, and I think it's gonna be like some of the kids from Stranger Things. And like other kid actors, then they're going to be Ghostbusters. Interesting. And it's being directed by uh, <laughs> the son of the director of the original Ghostbusters, I think. That's interesting. So it has a lot more attachment to that original franchise than 2016 Ghostbusters did. So, I don't know, it'll probably still suck. I have no faith. What saying is one month before the movie comes out, line it up. Watch Ghostbusters. We could, or we so can just do what we do whatever the wheel tells us to do, and watch uh, Resident Evil oh, and then so you quit. Quit. Yeah. yeah. Wheel tell me to quit. You're, you're you're looking so forward to that moment. You want to show for yourself, don't you, buddy? You just want to own this show. The Gen Show. Well, you will never take it from me. It's okay? like the Truman Show, Until except I quit. me. Until I quit, you can never take it from me. Well, then you better hope we don't spin. The residential I'm, oh, evil. Trust me, I'm fucking hoping. All right, <laughs> trust me, I'm hoping. Oh man. So anyway, feet. Oh, that's right. Feet still happening. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I basically said my piece. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about that movie. I will say this: knowing what I know about the Oscars and how the, the Academy Awards gets a hard on for movies that are about movies. Yeah, not gonna happen. Um, that movie going win. The best picture. This is my statement. I'm yeah. saying it right now. Because that movie is about movies and about real life shit that happened in the 60s. Um, now, it is Tarantino. Now, Tarantino is a little different from your standard fare. It's kind of a fucked up movie at certain points. But I think this is his chillest movie. I think this is one of his more accessible movies for people that maybe don't like typical Tarantino fare. Okay. It does get really, really, really violent towards the end, but it's all at the end, basically. Two hours of this movie is basically just not really violent. It's just, you know, swear-heavy as far as the R rating goes. Yeah, it's usually Tarantino's fare. There is some grody shit in it, but nothing that, like, you know, I think would necessarily make the Academy not want to vote for it. I think, oddly enough, this is maybe one of the more accessible movies this year. Because you always see it go to a movie that's, like, is kind of harmless or whatever. You, you I don't That's not yeah. the right word. But, like, they never try to make, like, a big statement with the, the movie, usually. They usually yeah. pick a safe pick. Oddly enough, I think this is maybe one of the safer picks this year. Because... It's got great actors, it's got great acting, it's directed well, it's written well, and it's about Hollywood in an era of Hollywood that is mythologized. So all the boomers that vote in the Academy probably oh, like yeah. this movie, probably like this movie. Now, I'll be okay with that because I like this movie too. I'm just predicting it. And I think Leo and Brad Pitt, they're probably going to get nominations at least i don't know if they'll win but i could see it winning best picture out of, out of anything else okay margot robbie probably get nominated too 
Yeah. Even though she's in the movie considerably less than them. It's purposeful. It's for a reason. I feel. But in order to say why, I'd probably have to get into the ending, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Maybe once you see it, we can do a little spoilery bit on it. But yeah. uh, I, I'm going to see it before the year. That's down the line. I, I hope to do that with Watchmen if you'd watch it. Yeah, well, I, I got to figure out. I got to get the HBO login from Josh, I think, next week. <sighs> that seventh episode was fucking... Whew. Oh, man. How many episodes in total is it? Nine. Oh, so we're almost done. Yeah. Uh, God, they keep fucking throwing curveballs at me. That show is fucking insane. I'll try to get caught up so at least uh, by the time it gets to the last episode, we can watch it together. Watch it. The Watchmen. <laughs> Who watches them? Not Justin. A very busy band. And I know. I, I understand. The rest of my time in the virtual world. I'm like just reality. gonna I'm just gonna rag on you until you watch it. Sorry. That's fair. I mean, I should watch it, and I will. It's really good. I mean, I love Watchmen. I should. I'm just saying, it. like, you're depriving yourself of probably the best show on television right now. Okay. Yes, I, I think. Watch it. Um, there's there's no competition. Mandalorian with baby yogurt. I don't think so, buddy. Yo, you want, do you want me to tell you something? Tell me something. What's your hot take on the man? Have you even watched it yet? I don't want to. You just straight up don't want to? No, I have no interest. It is good. I'm just saying it's not in the same fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. class as Watchmen right now. Right, I know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I can't put too much of a finger on it, but like I've actually tried to watch it like twice. Where I'll like open up Disney Plus, and I'll like go to watch it, and I'll just be like, nah, and I'll put on like YouTube or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just it doesn't grasp me the concept of it, the whole. Just I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I'm I'm like exhausted of Star Wars right now. Could be a possibility, but I just have maybe I'm scarred from not even being able to finish Solo. I I can't watch it. I guess the last Star Wars thing we all watched uh, was Phantom Menace. So that, that was probably trash. wasn't a. Uh, oh oh! You take Phantom Menace it's trash now. Yeah, uh huh. It isn't good. He's, he's correct. It's trash. It's been done to death. First though. two, yeah. the first two Star Wars movies are trash. Well, it's not the well, first two actually released, but one and two are trash. Yeah, dude, can't believe you said Empire's trash. No, Empire's the great. quotes here, you said it. The, the original trilogy is great. I even like Return of the Jedi a lot. I did too. I feel like it's but underrated and overrated. I also, <laughs> I also love Episode Three. I I will not apologize for liking episode three, but I will have to say that the reason I like episode three is it's because not, it is garbage. It is an entirely different reason. But yeah. it transcends the kind of garbage that yeah. you are. It's not depressing garbage like one and two. Yeah. It is Ooh <laughs> tasty garbage. It's a delectable kind of like it's a delectable kind of like I can't stop laughing garbage. Yeah. Which is great. I still want to watch all the Star Wars before uh, Skywalker comes out. I but, um, it's hard to do. It's coming close. Two weeks. Can't believe it's coming out and we still don't know what the... F- like, we know nothing about that movie. It's really weird. Good. It's, it is good, but it is weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to know anything about it. I I, I, I guess we felt this trailers. way for 7 and 8, too. So right. They're very mysterious with their advertising. I avoid trailers on purpose anyway. So uh, They haven't, I haven't told you the, shit. The only Rise of Skywalker trailer, there's been like a couple since then. The only Rise of Skywalker trailer I've seen is the uh, the first one. Yeah. Where the Emperor well, laughs at the end. I'm yeah. Like, well, Sheev's in it, but like we what? haven't seen Why? him. We haven't seen him in any of the trailers. Like I don't know what form he'll take. I don't know if, Before like, you know... Takes should be one where he's not in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's really implausible and weird that he's alive. 
but whatever. Conversation for another day. I'm sure we'll see it and talk about it on this show. Oh, yeah. We're going to. So, anyway, let's talk about another bad movie. Die Hard? Die Hard. Live or live free or live die hard? Live free or die hard as fuck. Hit me up with it. What do we got? Well, uh, probably not a whole lot at the beginning. That's fine, but like, hit me up at the beginning. Live free or die hard. It came out in 2007. It feels like a movie from 2001. Oh, it defines 2007. Let's talk about this first real quick, just before, because this is just like the bare bones, like, probably defines our take on this movie. Yeah. At least for me, I, I, when movies either are old or take place in a time period. Uh, it's kind of cool to me sometimes to see technology that has kind of like went by the wayside over yeah. the years. Like you see a fax machine in Die Hard 2, for instance. That's great. And I was like, oh, that's cool. 80s. Remember fax? He gets a page. You I know still, what I mean? I still fax shit at work, <laughs> by the way. It's it's ancient technology, I use, though. I also use DOS at work. Oh, my fucking God. So, why? Because my company doesn't want to spend money. All right. All right. That does make sense. That checks out. Corporation. We just got a laptop. It's crazy. My Whoa. boss doesn't know how to use it. It's really funny. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> what is this? Does it run Linux? I had oh to teach him how to make a spreadsheet. It was fun. Uh, so, um... Yeah, like sometimes I find that shit charming, but an 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 era or like a decade that like I feel is just going to age one of the worst of all time and not be charming when you see shit from it 2000s? is 2000 to 2010 yeah. or 9 or whatever. Decade ends on 9. It's weird that it does though. That's how it works. It's hard for me to think that this decade that we're currently in is ending. Almost done. It feels like it should end next year, but whatever. Nope, That's just done. me. Almost done. So, yeah, like, when you see fucking flip phones and you see plots like this movie have, which rely so heavily on the audience's lack of knowledge towards code and hacking uh, to the point where it is a fucking lunacy this movie yes uh so many close-ups of people tapping away on computers so many close-ups of computers just doing nonsense just fucking numbers rotating and it fucking says password and it's just fucking random numbers and just people fucking hacking into the government with a fucking flip phone like i don't know this movie's fucking stupid when it comes to that shit oh yeah that is the worst thing about this movie and probably why it's going to age the worst of all of these movies, the Die Hard films, I feel. Yeah, at least so far. Just because, like, the 80s and 90s technology present in 1, 2, and 3 isn't presented in necessarily an unrealistic way. This technology here is definitely presented in an unrealistic way because the people who made the movie didn't really know the realism of what they were talking about here. Yep. It's all based on preconceived notions of what people can do, perhaps, and just hacking as mythology, basically. Like, you could just do anything. You could pull out a toaster and fucking blow up the White House. Who fucking knows, dude? Just do it. Toast your toast and toast the president. You can just do that, man. Right? Let's, let's toast. What do they say about toasters? 
So yeah, this this movie has to deal oh, with cyber oh, terrorism. All toasters, toast, toast. All of them, every single one. <laughs> I I would I would like to put out the point that all toasters <laughs> do in fact toast, toast. Thank you, Justin. In Mario, in in Hotel Mario, <laughs> he does said say that. the correct thing. Yeah. If he was going to say something about toasters, he said the most objectively correct thing about toasters. You're correct. If you have a toaster that doesn't toast toast, is it a toaster? Throw it in the trash. Yep, it doesn't work. It's not a toaster anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a broken toaster. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, all right. It's about cyber terrorism. The film was originally titled Die Hard 4.0. That is stupid. And is still called that in other countries because live free or die hard refers to New Hampshire's state motto. So I could see how they would be like, yeah, maybe other countries wouldn't like get that or understand that common phrase in America, probably not anywhere else. So that's fine. Another working title was also apparently uh, die hard reset. I think that one would have been fine, but I like that the mo- these titles of these movies are like weird, and yeah. I, I would have preferred like a more uh, interesting title. Like "Live Free or Die Hard" isn't a fine title; it's just kind of like it's okay. a mouthful, right? It's whatever. I don't, I don't like the way "Die Hard" ends up going on. Do you think it's all because of the "Die Harder" thing? I think so. Even though that's technically just "Die Hard" too, right, um, but then everybody thought too. it was called "Die Harder," so yeah, just, <sighs> I don't know. I think movie studios in general today, in particular, are scared of numbers. It's weird because it's like it's like when you associate a movie with like a high number, it's like everyone doesn't like it or something, or at least they're like scared of that fact. Like if you call Avengers four Avengers four, they're like, oh no, people won't see it. But if you call it Avengers colon Endgame, oh maybe people see it now. It's so weird to me. It's just Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. is already. Like, shut the just to make up. everything seem like it stands alone, and you don't need to see nothing else. It's fine. Dumb. But anyway, whatever. So the film's based on an article written by John Carlin titled A Farewell to Arms. This was a critique and analysis of the future of informational warfare in the new digital age. Uh, I never have read this article I don't know how much of it is speculation. It was written a long time ago in the 90s, so yeah, probably a lot of it isn't even close to being relevant today, if I had to guess. It was speculatory. (sighs) David Marconi, the writer of Enemy of the State, used the article to write a script called I Shit You Not, WorldWar3.com. Ah! (laughs) So, yeah, it could have been worse, Chesby. Holy fuck! (laughs) Now, this script remained shelved for years uh, after 9-11. Because, you know, maybe the complete dismantling of American society is not what we needed in that time, uh, according to executives and things, you know. Um, No shit. I understand. Uh, But then eventually, of course, like all Die Hard sequels... This old ass script was found, and they're like, hey, what if it was Die Hard, though? So here we are, rewritten into Live Free or Die Hard by Doug Richardson, who wrote Die Hard 2. Yeah. And later, Mark Baumbach rewrites it. Uh, he would later work on Wolverine and Logan, 
and the Planet of the Apes prequel trilogy, which are all far better than this. Oh, yeah. So, far and away. I'm going to go ahead and say it's not his fault. Now, however, and this is probably the case for most major studio films, there are far more writers than are reported, uh, which will be apparent later when we talk about Kevin Smith. So, bookmark that one. Oh, God. So our director here is Len Wiseman. If that name sounds familiar to you, I'm sorry that it does. <laughs> uh, Len directed Underworld oh. and Underworld Evolution. He is also the co-creator of that franchise oh. before working on Die Hard 4. And he would later direct uh, no. the Total Recall remake. Oof. Oh, fuck. I forgot that existed. Right? What the fuck? It's because it shouldn't what have. What kind of dumbass idea? <laughs> Why? Before transitioning to uh, TV shows like Lucifer and Sleepy Hollow. Oh. So, wow, what a career this guy has. <laughs> so, Great. Len remains a producer of the Underworld franchise, but he wouldn't return to direct like three, four, and five. Yeah, that movie got up to five. That that series got up to five. Jesus Cannot Christ. believe it, really. I, I, I tapped out at two. Yeah, same. Um, I think most people did. Underworld Evolution sucks. It's not like Underworld was a masterpiece either. No, but the like, first two weren't even that good. Anyway, so yeah. Underworld currently is a five-film series, but there are plans for a sixth. However, sure star Kate Beckinsale has stated she has no plans to return to the franchise. Uh, she said something along the lines of, no, I've done enough of those. Yeah, you <laughs> Which, have. like, yeah. You did, now, you did, like, three too many. I bring this up because I think a reason for this, her not returning, may be because she was married to Len Wiseman around when Underworld came out in 2004, and ultimately they got divorced this year. So, yeah, maybe she doesn't want to work with her ex-husband. This may be more the answer. Yeah, there. that sounds right. I wouldn't fuck that. So anyway, if you want, if you had any reason to want to hate this man, he dated Kate Beckinsale, and you didn't. And then he made <laughs> uh, he made Live Free or Die Hard. And so you didn't. And well, you wouldn't want to. I'm just saying that like he made bad movies. And got to be a cool dude with a hot girlfriend. Like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. I don't know. But anyway, so another another weird thing about this movie okay. is it's rated PG-13. Yeah. Obviously, Die Hard's kind of like traditionally R-rated. Blood. John McClane says the fuck word. Oh, um, the fuck those word. Those are two main ingredients to Die Hard for me. So, when we watched it, uh, we watched the unrated cut, which was released on DVD. Uh, the unrated cut kind of, and, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of it is through ADR, because when they were filming, they knew it was going to be PG-13. So, they kind of did this as a bonus. But, they they add they re-add fucks and blood in <laughs> back to the film. And I, I think it does a lot. To make it feel more like a Die Hard movie yeah. than the PG-13 probably version does. I saw this movie. You saw the PG-13 version. I saw this movie in theaters. Yeah. And I hated it. Bad. Back then. Well, I know it hasn't improved much for you now, but it, is all. it is it at least better that it's R-rated? I mean, yeah, for sure. Having John McClane say the fuck word is very important. 
I don't care about the blood, really. I just care about John McClane saying fuck. The blood looks bad because it's CGI blood splotches. There's nothing creative like uh, some of the deaths in the previous entries in this series. Yeah, because it can't, because it's PG-13. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this developed some tension with Willis and Wiseman. Because, uh, you know, they wanted it to be R-rated. They signed on assuming it would be. Yeah. But Fox was kind of like, we're not even making it unless it's PG-13. Uh, so dumb. There was it was like twelve years since there was a Die Hard movie, and they kind of viewed the franchise as like not a priority at that point in time, just because it had been so long. Um, so they were kind of like, no, it won't make money if it's rated R, so it has to be PG thirteen in two thousand seven is what they felt. And yeah, that's kind of the trend that kind of continues today, which is kind of I th- I think and hope has been broken completely. By Joker, oddly enough, of all things, because Joker not just Joker. grossed so much fucking money and not was just rated R. Joker has been trending that way for a while between like the Deadpool, Deadpool breaking the record, then Logan breaking the record, and then Joker breaking the same. I think Deadpool record. two in between. Yeah, Logan Deadpool. And yeah, Deadpool two. So more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, but I think you know you still look at that and you go, oh well, they can't make Endgame numbers. If you're a big studio man, I like suppose. they never will make endgame numbers. No, because more people could see PG 13. So that's probably ultimately what's always going to happen. Um, but at least we've opened the door. And I think we'll at least get more R rated movies. It's unfortunate that this came out back then and not closer to now. Because maybe A, it would be less cringy. <laughs> no, it'd be the same cringy. Maybe it'd be the same cringy? Yeah. Well, maybe they wouldn't make it a cyber terrorism. You think these people? Do you, you think these like typical ass action writers actually give a shit about what it's like to actually hack something? Do you think these directors give a shit about what it looks like? Probably not. Probably not. Who do you think? Who do you think their target audience is for for the fourth Die Hard movie? Boomers. A film that came out. Yeah, film that came out in the eighties. <laughs> right. You're looking at like people who were born in like the sixties. Right. Yeah, that's where. That's why it's weird to me that it's PG thirteen. It's though. like people who yeah. like who who now nowadays get off work, sit on the couch, and watch NCIS. <laughs> like that's who CSI Cyber. Oh god, that's oh. so the main force. You can just make some kind of dumbass, stupid looking form of hacking that looks that looks flashy to make them go, "Ooh, they're doing something crazy," which is what this movie is. Yeah. So, um, Wiseman, this is a quote from him on the decision to go PG-13 instead of R. It was about three months into production, and I hadn't even heard that it was PG-13. But in the end, I was just trying to make the best Die Hard movie, not really thinking so much about what the rating would be. I think you, I think you should have probably thought more about making the best Die Hard movie. Yeah, you didn't think hard enough. I don't think you thought enough. hard enough. Uh, Bruce Willis on the decision was a little more harsh. Quote, I really wanted this one to live up to the promise of the first one, which I always thought was the only really good one. That's a studio decision that is becoming more and more common because they're trying to reach a broader audience. It seems almost a courageous move to give a picture an R rating these days, but we still made a pretty hardcore Smash Mouth film, end quote. He, he referred to the movie as Smash Mouth. I don't even know what that means as a verb. You know the adjective, sorry. Well, it's like a. Uh, let, me, let me let me put this in a football example for you because people use this the Smash Mouth example in football a lot. Do they? 
Yeah, like people, a lot of people say that, like for example, the Baltimore Ravens offense, right? Because they, people call it a smash mouth offense, and that's because they they run it at your face all the time. So when something they call something a smash mouth, it means that it's just like in your face, basically, like smashing your mouth. You know what I mean? Okay. So like like an in your face action movie. So if I type in smash mouth on www.xhamster.com. You forgot a W. You would get a broken link. Good. Because I don't want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, we'll talk about other facts as we go through it. You want to go ahead and... uh, Talk about what this movie's about. Is it about anything? Is it about nothing? I mean... It's sure. kind of about nothing. I mean, in reality, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't care for it. <laughs> it's my thesis statement. Starts with the weakest title crawl of all time out of every Die Hard movie. I, I love how 2 and 3 start. It the, the fucking words, attacks you with yeah, the, the words credit. Die Hard just like beat yeah. the shit out of you in the face. And it's like, fuck yeah, Die Hard. Short and of then, Bruce Willis coming out of the screen and punching you in the balls. like That's about as hard as you can get with your title of a movie. Right, and yeah. this one's just like black screen, tiny text, live for your Die Hard. And yeah. Like, oh, what the fuck? As, as we see a bunch of hacking. Yeah, so the movie hackers. Out with a bunch of, like, hackers doing hacker things. It looks like garbage. Oh, they're hacking. Like, right away, within the first, like, 20 seconds of this movie, you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I think we here see Justin is. Long here. Yes. So let's talk about Justin Long. Yeah, go ahead. And how he's not Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I know this. Yes, I now know <laughs> this. When I first, for some reason. <laughs> So I saw this movie in 2007, right? Yeah, so sure. I was like what? Roughly 15 years old, okay? All right. When I saw this movie last. That was when I last saw this film, okay? Yeah. I thought it was ju- I thought it was Ashton Kutcher in that role instead of Justin Would it have uh, yeah. Would it have been better or worse if yeah, it was it Ashton Kutcher? Exact same. <laughs> I actually think Justin's long perfor- Justin Long's performance in this movie is fine. Actually, I don't like fine. the character, but he doesn't do a bad job. Right, like the, the character is annoying because it's like you know, it's like that boomer idea of what a millennial is. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, they like are annoyingly distrustful of the government. But if it wasn't like, <laughs> Butcher playing this character, he would have like stuck his dick in a dish drive or something. <laughs> and Justin Long wouldn't. No, not in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't other movies. I don't. I don't hate Justin Long. He's just never been in anything that has been like you know. Oh, cool. He's good in that one. He's always just kind of been like this guy that shows up in things sometimes. You know, he's not like fantastic, but he's serviceable, and that's about it. I don't know. Yeah, that's what he is in this movie. <sighs> so he plays Hacker Man Nine Thousand. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got his name written down yeah, please, here. I don't remember. Uh, Hacker Man was oh, his name. No, yeah. it's Matt Farrell. Oh, what a stupid name. Yeah, Will Farrell's brother, Matt. Uh, <laughs> who's Hacker Man 9000? Who's Hacker Man 9000? Listens to Power Man 5000. 5, 5, no, he listens to Flyleaf because they yeah. show us that. Oh, that really took me out of the movie. Not that I was ever in the movie. Oh, it, it took you out of the movie? I was like, haha, they think they're doing the Matrix. <laughs> Because they're like the emblematic of the late 90s or whatever. Like, they, they, they really thought, dude. I'm so sick, it makes me shit. 
<laughs> that's how that song sounds. Yeah, exactly. that's what the song is. The lyrics, you got it, buddy. It sure was 2007. Flyleaf had a hit on their hands, and they put it in Live Free or Die Hard and Rock Band 1. And uh, that's about it for Flyleaf at that point. That was it, yeah. I think that's the highlight of their career. They're uh, not good. Not even saying they're bad. I don't know if they're good or bad because I didn't pay attention to them after that song. That's the more of the music. They're not good. (sighs) They're not good at all. Seemed gimmicky. Get it? It's a girl who can go like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm impressed. I don't even think that was their gimmick. I don't even know. They're they're actually like a Christian band. Are they? Yes. Well, that's even more lame than I could have anticipated. Yeah, that song's just kind of like different. You know, you know how like maps by yeah 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 is just not like emblematic of who they are. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Real, oh, but like the opposite way. Right. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. I mean, they I still didn't know like, that. It's still like hard rocky shit, but like the but themes not, of the music is a lot different. The death metal screams aren't in there. They are sometimes. But okay. It's a lot more Christian, like in theme. Okay. All right. Weird. They suck. Right, well, speaking of suck, what happens? Uh, what happens in this movie here? You get, you get Hacker Man shit going on while the title the title screen's crawling. Uh, the actors' names come up in like Hacker Man font. Oh yeah, there's like a little fucking like line between there's, their like, first like, and last name. Between their first and last, no, it's just straight lines. Yeah, their first and last names. Like <laughs> code <laughs> numbers, <laughs> numbers, numbers. And then apparently they start, like, fucking with government shit, and they're like, oh, what the fuck? And then we... Yeah, I don't know. Do we do we even see Bruce Willis at first? Like, I think we see some other characters. We, we see him in, like, a couple minutes into this movie. Do we see FBI quick. Director Man of the Cyber Division yeah, of FBI? We get a little scene where they see stuff going down. They're like, what the fuck's happening? This is Cliff Curtis as Michael Bowman. The director of FBI Cyber, not to be confused with uh, CSI Cyber. Um, so, Cliff Curtis has been in a lot of stuff. I think he's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. He was in Blow. He was in uh, hit film uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Oh, he uh, was. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was. <laughs> But most importantly, Justin, he was in Fear of the Walking Dead. Ah, you thought you could escape one episode. Oh, damn it. You thought you could escape uh, there's a- Genhart talking about the Walking Dead, could you? Well, no. no. I could just go to bed. Uh, nah, oh. man. Sleepy. So he played Travis uh, in the first couple seasons of Fear the oh, Walking no, Dead. Uh, now... This is this is important. Pay attention. Nope. They killed this character off early into season three in a really dumb scene where he is shot and pushed out of a helicopter like it's the Dark Knight Rises, and uh, <laughs> and like everyone was left really confused by that because it was like, well, he was a pretty major character and they were giving him a lot of development and stuff, so it was like, why they kill him? And reportedly, he quit Fear the Walking Dead because it was a lot of commitment to keep coming back to that show and he wanted to hook up with James Cameron and star in Avatar 2, baby. And he's set to reprise his role in Avatar 3, baby. And who knows? He's uh, uh, he's only listed to be in two and three, as far as I know. So I don't know if that's a spoiler for Avatar three that he dies in three and won't be in four and five. But like you know, that's the weird thing when you're making a four movies at once. You know, 
It's too many. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> James Cameron. James, uh, James Cameron is a fucking. I'm gonna. Hack. Yeah, but you know, give him a chance. No. Maybe Avatar Two will be good, just like Terminator Dark Fate was anyway. So back uh, to Die Hard. <laughs> So then, after the FBF reset, what the fuck's going on? We cut to a girl making out with a dude in a car while the title crawl's finishing. This is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, by the way, uh, in an early role for her. She, of course, would be uh, Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, yeah, good movie. Love that movie. Uh, But more importantly... Oh, no, never mind. I was going to make a joke, but it's for another actress. I apologize. Whatever. She's another good thing. She's in the Fargo show. Mm-hmm. She's in Ten Cloverfield mm-hmm. Lane. And she's in this movie. Aww. Oops, as Lucy McLean, except she would rather go by Gennaro because dad's a dickhead. Yeah, but you get to showcase that immediately. Because as she's speaking out this guy in the car, he's trying to touch the titty. And like, hey man. She like, don't touch my titty. And then he like, touch the titty again. Shoot yeah. him. Shoot him? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Bruce Willis shows up, and he's all like, Hey! Get the fuck out of the car! Stop groping my daughter! I'll shoot you! You know who I am? I threw Hans Gruber off of a skyscraper. (laughs) 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 Suck my dick, dude. He doesn't say any of that, but he is, like, overly aggressive, and it really offends and makes her mad. Like, you know, I'm kind of sick of this aspect of these sequels here, because it's not really present in two. It's not present at all in two. And that has been ignored ever since. Like, I don't think... I just think it's unnecessary tension for John McClane's character to have him be, like, estranged from his family in every fucking movie. Because it makes them all feel like that they don't even have continuity with each other. Like, in three, I was annoyed with it. Yeah. Because, like, he's estranged from his wife and kids. But at the end of three... Because he just went through this fucking ordeal, he calls his wife in an attempt to reconnect. And then we're left to wonder what happened, except here we, we don't we don't have to wonder. They got divorced. And now he doesn't see his kids very often because they hate him. And I think that's just depressing. Yeah, And, absolutely. like, not necessarily good development because it contradicts earlier films... And just feels kind of not genuine to the character and everything he's been through. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. I I mean, like, you can have that be an element, but you better explain it better than this, which they just don't explain it at all. No, it's It's just like submitted as fact. Family don't like him. And then you just move on, basically. I'm like, okay, thanks. Not even a huge part of this movie. It could have just not happened. Yeah. It could have really just not happened at all. And his daughter still could have been involved, and she still could have been upset because his dad was being a dickhead. And, and like, it would have worked. Yeah, you could have had that tension, but, like, not necessarily that, like, oh, he's divorced and blah, blah, blah. Like, at this point, I'd rather him just say, them just say that, like, his wife died. Right. And he's, like, depressed because of that. Like, you know. Something. Like, this is just annoying. <clears throat> Maybe I'm just too much of a fan of Rocky. Because, man, Rocky loves his wife. That's the key aspect of those films. Yeah, as Even when she's dead. It never fucking has any uh, qualms about that one. No. It, it, and you know what? It doesn't ruin any of those fucking movies. No. Not a bit. Great. Actually, well, because when, when she does die, like, it's a big part 
of that of like Rocky Balboa is that yeah. he's dead. It's a huge part of that movie. I think it, I think it goes to show that like these movies only care about Bruce Willis because you're undermining all the rest of the other characters by not acknowledging them a bit, just dismissing them entirely from the plot by saying like, ah, oh, fuck it, I hate Bruce Willis, whatever. Like, okay, thanks. And then Rocky, the give some character, character these. I kind of liked Holly, his wife, in one and two. Yeah, she was, actually, she yeah. was okay. Like, I, I, I would have been okay with continued development for characters in Die Hard, but then they all feel kind of separate by now. Yeah, and they're going to continue to be. So it's whatever. It's not a make or break it thing. It's just an annoyance to me. I would just rather them not brought it up at all. Yeah, they don't have to. You don't have to actually. So but she, anyway, uh, she storms off. Yeah, she storms off and goes back to her apartment. And good old good old John McLean gets back in his car, gets a radio call. Like, hey, hey, John, we need you to do something. We need you to go pick up. A hey, what the like, fuck? I'm not doing shit. Like, Why me? We need a veteran detective. Okay. Okay, whatever. I'll That's go. a very loose yeah. reasoning for that. Stupid. They requested a veteran detective. Like, yeah, whatever. His job is to go him. pick up Justin Long's character. From his apartment, his hacker man apartment, yep. uh, and take him to safety, I believe, or take him in for questioning, maybe. Oh, yeah, this is probably a little important to the plot. Uh, the hacker man shit that was happening was uh, they were setting off explosives in all of these hacker man's houses. Blowing them up, blowing up them hacker mans. Yeah, put, put Basically, kind of... people they hired independently to write some kind of code, I believe. Yes, is what they get to later in the movie. It's stupid how they set it up. Like, they make it so some kind of, like, virus goes on the computer... And then for some reason they hit the delete key, and then they explode. Yeah, because they've rigged C four in their no house kind of somehow. For no significant reason besides they thought it would be funny if they hit the delete key and died. <laughs> now that's what I call deleted. Yep, that's what they were doing. You know that's what they were doing, right? Yeah, I know it sucks. The delete key is rarely useful on a keyboard. Why would they have to hit delete to send something anyway? They would just request anything. that they hit delete? No, no, no. They were, like, their computer is fucked up, and they're, like, I guess just trying to, like, restart their computers or whatever. But they'd hit, like, the delete key. Oh, okay. But it makes no real sense. No, it doesn't. In the I'm context just... of actual computers and how they work, it makes no sense. There's a lot that doesn't make sense in this movie. Oh, yeah, all the computer yeah. shit makes no sense. So he's listening to Flyleaf in his apartment, surrounded by X Men memorabilia, and drinking <laughs> and a Red Bull. Drinking Red Bull. He's the classic gamer, if you will. He's probably said the N word so many I'm times. Say in his like, life. was he on the PUBG bridge? <laughs> the PewDiePie bridge? Oh, he is PewDiePie. This is what he used to be. A hacker man. Oh yeah. Hey, PewDiePie's not smart. Be That's how he has so many subscribers. He hacked YouTube. Oh, just like T Series did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. They hacked YouTube. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they absolutely. Anyway, Bruce Willis is here to rescue this man. Justin Long at first does not trust him, and that's kind of an issue throughout the entire movie. You know, it's it's fun relationship, right? Bruce Willis mm. is like grumble, grumble, boomer, and Justin Long is like... Millennial, and then they have a ooh the odd couple boop doop doop relationship. Ah, oh, what a fun flick! So he comes to the apartment, and sarcasm knocks on the, the way, door sorry. right before Justin Long gets that virus is about to hit the lead key. Meanwhile, outside there are some boys, guy with a sniper rifle, some dudes with guns, some video game villains, one yep. of whom is a parkour man. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And they are uh, they're ready to basically to kill him if the original part of their plan fails. And it does because Bruce Willis knocks on the door. And that makes him not hit the lead. Yeah. Fuck off, movie. So he gets up to the door to start making shit where he's like, I'm not, don't talk to me, cop, pig, fuck you. Basically, be some more polite. Bruce Willis gets in the apartment anyway. And so it's fucking with this thing. There's a stupid gag about breaks a breaks a fucking figurine. It's like, oh, that's that. That's <laughs> you the, play with dolls. Yeah. Yuck, yuck. He breaks like part of a figure, and he's like, oh, you just super glue back on. <laughs> Look, speaking of things that are patronizing and sound like forced fake dialogue, his neighbor pops out at one moment and says, "Hey, man." We got the new Kill Zone 9. You want to play that? This is dead ass what they say. They say Kill Zone 9. At this point, I, nine. Don't, think, I don't think Kill Zone 2 is. Oh, I looked it up, buddy. Or Kill Zone right 2 at, at this point in time, there were only two Kill Zone games, right. one of which was a mainline entry. The other one was the PSP Kill Zone. So, really, there's only Kill Zone 1. Then, after this movie. We get up to the point where now we have six kill zone games, four of which are mainline entries, two of which are portable games. Why the fuck do they say nine? Is it actually like was it meant to just be a generic video yeah, game I don't title? Think it was meant to reference the actual kill zone. But then like why is it kill zone? Like Baby no one thought to say, wait, kill zone is a video game. We should say something else, like death fuck or something. You know, like just say anything else. Hey Justin Law, wanna go play Death Fuck Nine? <laughs> wanna play Ball Breaker Seven? <laughs> like Kill Zone admittedly is a very generic video game title. I don't necessarily like that those games are called Kill Zone because it's boring. Yeah, but they're at least the games are pretty good. Sure, it's just it's so strange to me. I felt like I was having an out of body experience when he said Kill Zone Nine. Yeah, it's like some Law and Order shit. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that some some kid was saying Law Law and Order specifically like SVU. Yeah, when they're talking about video games. SQ must get pissed off all the time when they're doing that shit. She actually plays video games. Ice T, you mean? Ice Not Cube. Ice Cube. Oh, I said Ice Cube. Ice T. Different bad. Ice. Dude, I'm really terrible with names. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, almost as if we literally just talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's terrible. Ashton Kutcher do next, Justin? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Uh, You're on punk, Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Just so long. Not Ashton Kutcher. Fuck you. <laughs> long Justin. Tells tells little John McClain stop fucking with the shit. Stop touching my fingers. As Stop touching my anime body pillow, Bruce Willis. Yeah, as he just keeps breaking them and touches the cum-soaked body pillow. <laughs> the hot glued spawn figures. <laughs> Yeah, hot glued. I'm sorry. If you don't know what hot glued means, good. Don't bring it up, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Whatever. Anyway, bad guys appear and begin to shoot 
Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, get down. And he'll Don't say that a lot. He says that way too much. There are a lot of repeated lines in this movie. He says, get down. Too much. Follow me. Stay close. Yeah. He's like Resident Evil 4. <laughs> like, wait. Follow me. Follow me. Wait. Follow me. Same thing. Same yeah, it's energy. a lot. It's a lot. Same energy, my guy. So... Hi, Corey, other podcast man. It's me, other podcast It's Corey. Hey, it's Corey, other podcast man. We're talking about Die Hard. Live free or Die Hard. The movie sucks. I thought you guys were talking about Resident Evil. We were. We made a reference to Resident Evil 4. Because oh, okay. something that happened. Sometimes in life, you got to make references to like, things. In that movie, John McClane just goes like, follow me. Stay close. <laughs> and it's like, just like Resident Evil 4, Leon's like, wait. Follow me. Like, all the time. Okay. It was like the same shit. So you're saying Justin Long is Ashley. Yes. Okay. So I got a question that's off topic. Oh yeah, yeah. Hit me up. Okay. So since they're remaking Resident Evil Three, yeah, and like kind of the same system that they did Resident Evil Two, which was almost a completely new game. Yeah. 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 Would that is that system gonna work with Resident Evil Four? Since that like Resident Evil Four's like system is like so iconic and perfect where it is. (laughs) Yeah. If they remake Resident Evil Four, then yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, so glad to get off topic of live free or die hard. By the way, I'm, I'm down for this. It's a brief journey I'm, I'm we could take. I'm down for the brief aside. No. Uh, I hope they don't remake Resident Evil Four because it's perfect. But like, I guess they could. I think the difference is Resident Evil Three came out in like '98, so like, yeah, it could use an update. But like, Four came out in 2005. It's it took them a while to it's make. It's also 4. available on the PlayStation Four. This yeah, it's a big thing why they're remaking. They remade two and three like this because it wasn't available at all on PlayStation. And also, the the first three Resident Evils aged poorly because of the tank controls and things. Like not a lot, not everybody wants to go back and play them like that. So yeah. I understand why they definitely like remade those and made them into more modern games. If they're gonna do another one after this, they might do Code Veronica X. Oh yeah, do that one. That one needs remade so bad because it's stupid. I love that. Oh, game. remake that story to be good? Is it possible? No. Can they do it? I don't think so, but I'll be okay that with it. That story's so stupid. dumb. I love it. I love how dumb it is. Oh, man. Just make the dialogue even worse. I dare you. Gotta keep Steve Burnside, though. Steve's the, oh, the man. <laughs> yeah, he's the man, all right. <laughs> what am I fighting for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about Resident Evil 3. We didn't even talk about that at all. It's being two very big Resident Evil fans. Yeah, yeah. I've been blown away by it, honestly. I've been like, I can't believe it's happening. It it looks, the character redesigns look so good. They look so good. Nemesis got a nose, and that's a little weird. But other than that, yeah, I'm like really like, I look like looking at it again, I'm like, no, this is fucking cool. Yeah. I'm ready for it. You know what's not cool? No, I don't want to. We have to talk about this. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's our. It's kind of the point of the show. Shit. I'm sorry, but Fuck. it is. Damn it! Justin Long is on the floor with Bruce Willis hovered over him in a loving embrace, <laughs> shielding him from bullets like the hunk of man meat he is. He whispers silently in his ear, "Don't worry, I will protect you, Justin Long." <laughs> As they scramble across the floor while they're getting shot at. Yeah. Now, it's important to note... (laughs) It's important to note what happens here, because, yeah, they have a bit of a firefight, sure. The sequence of events that leads to this is very ham-fisted, and I hate it. There is a Terminator doll on top of Justin Long's desk, and it falls off his desk in the chaos and hits the delete button, 
and explodes the C4 rigged in the apartment. It's specifically a Terminator doll because Fox also owns Terminator and probably wanted to reference it because Terminator Salvation came out the following year. Is that stupid cross-promotion? Yes. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, it's terrible. Fuck off. It just had to be a Terminator doll. Couldn't have been fucking yeah. Hatsune Miku or anything. You know, it's got to be. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's 2007 though, so <laughs> she blew up the apartment and created <laughs> Minecraft in one fell swoop. Well, how what an incredible creator Hatsune Miku is who created <laughs> Minecraft. So uh, we're getting out of the apartment. Yes. Uh, we get in a car. We go down some fire escapes. Yeah, they go down fire escape first. They. they and once they recover from the big blow up, they go to yeah. get out of the get out of the apartment. They start going down the fire escape. They get in the car. And Justin a- Long's like freaking out, and Bruce Willis is like, "Ah, calm down, pussy." Not quite, but like basically. I've yeah. done this three other times. <laughs> this is my fourth Die Hard film. You, uh-huh, is- I don't know. I haven't been in a Die Hard movie. Ah, uh-huh. amateur. Pull up your pull up your whitey tighties, bitch. <laughs> it's time to do a Die Hard. It's time to kill people in very implausible ways. And boy, is it ever in this movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's so. the worst it's ever been. There is no grounded logic in this movie whatsoever as far no. as the action scenes go. They and, are... And most of the anything in this Overblown film, and stupid as shit. I, oof, man. I, ooh. So, yeah. So, this leads us to them driving away and him going, like, grab the gun, Justin Long. And he's like, duh, what's a gun? And, uh parkour man jumping on their vehicle yeah with his super parkour abilities it's the, the worst and then i think bruce willis says a quip and then it hits him with and the, then hits and him with the car yeah i think it's a good time to note that bruce willis seems mentally unstable in this movie Quite. more so than previous entries like john mcclain's always kind of been like a wisecracking son of a bitch but like here he seems psychotic because every time he kills someone, he goes like, <laughs> woo, or something like that. Right. And it's just like, there's something not right going on here. I mean, if you'd go through what he went through three times, maybe. 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 I don't know. I don't know if that's what they were going for or if he just was they like more a of a meme of, man this time around. I whatever don't know. they were trying to portray, they didn't do a good job of it. Because, no. You know, no. Four. You could get to four of these. It's like, Jesus Christ. Our heroes escape into the night. And I don't know, hacker man bullshit continues into the morning, I believe. Yes. We find our heroes, if you will, in traffic. In DC while uh an unfortunate son by Creedence Clearwater for Revival starts playing. They have a little <laughs> quick moment about it. Some folks are and, uh, the most overused song ever of all time, basically. Yeah. And then yeah. just long ways of the card that music, he's like, What the fuck? This sucks. Which is like Jesus Christ. Can we go to Orbeez? No, yeah, <laughs> that that happens after, but yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, they're like just bitches about CCR for a minute. Like, you don't know, like you don't know, like credence. Nobody calls them just credence. Oh yeah, they have them, a they have a boomer millennial argument yeah. where he's like, man, people, it's not that music sucks. I've never heard people call them just credence. I've heard people call them credence Clearwater Revival or CCR, which I hear way more than credence. Really, I've heard a lot of people call them credence. Really, never heard yeah. in my life. First uh, time I ever heard it. It's a boomer thing. I guess so. I've heard them called CCR all over the place. Not Credence. It's weird. It's well, weird to me. It, it, it seemed weird to me. Okay, whatever. I don't know. But maybe it's just because of my experiences. Yeah. 
Yeah. You also don't know who Justin Long is. Think he's Ashton Kutcher. Jesus Christ. This is so, is it? You know, so I, we've established how bad I am with names. I just, I'm just gonna keep doing the bit. It's gonna be an ongoing thing. I God, it's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna fucking shoot you. God forbid Ashley Kutcher shows up at anything. I'm gonna be like, it's Justin Long. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Eat my ass. Hopefully we don't watch anything with Ashton Kutcher in it. I, I really don't want to. If we get to that I point. I don't think it's likely unless we do, unless we spin on the wheel two and a half men. Uh, I don't think <laughs> we're going to be like <laughs> the Steve Jobs universe of films. I, I don't know. What what else has he even been in? I don't know. What yeah. Like as far as like franchises go. Ooh, the butterfly effect. Oh, God. There's like four of those, right? Really? I, there's at least three. What the? F- I thought there was only one. I write. What? Yeah. Direct to video is a, is a strange place. Hollywood's a piece of shit. Yeah. And so it's evidenced DC. here in this film, right. Live Free or Die Hard. They get to DC and they meet up with uh, Director Man. Or his name is. I forget his name. Already. Len Wiseman. Bowman. I'm just kidding. It's Bowman. Bowman, that's right. Yeah. They, they meet up with Bowman. He's like completely uninterested in what's happening, even though he requested for... He personally requested for McLean to get... Yeah, I didn't really understand the vibe of this scene. But anyway, McLean is McLean, so he's all like, hey, listen to me. This is what you gotta do. And they're like, oh, okay. They ignore him, as usual. Yeah. Well, they listen to him a little more in this movie. It's a bit yeah. of a better rapport with the officers. Kind of like in Die Hard 3. Not so much like Die Hard 2. No, they're like... See open fire in a police precinct. What? In Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah, when he opened... Yeah, when he opened the airport. Oh. Fire. Oh, yeah. I forgot Corey showed up the last time we were finishing doing a Gen and Jub thing. Yeah, that was only oh, That was airport. two weeks ago, whatever. We better listen to him or he might be firing real shells this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that... Oh, that scene's funny as fuck. Goddamn, Die Hard 2 is so good. I'm nostalgic for Die Hard 2. I know, right? That's embarrassing. Jesus Christ. Uh. (laughs) So after he's ignoring them, tells them, ah, bring the kid to to, to Homeland Security, whatever, fuck off. They're like, okay. They go, and then the FBI guy greets him. It's like, hi, it's me, FBI guy. Get in the car. He's a very important character. Just kidding. He will die in three minutes. FBI guy. Yeah. They're strapping him behind FBI guy who's in front of him driving the other FBI guy car. Mm-hmm. And so they're FBI guying <laughs> yeah. to their destination, getting being directed by uh, not the FBI, directed by Hacker Girl. Oh, yeah, well, the hackers begin to uh, hack the, the traffic and fuck with shit. Yeah. Oh, no, but first Justin Long recognizes the voice of the girl, and I, w- I want to point out how stupid this movie is and its writing. Um... Earlier in the movie, uh, when Justin Long was talking to Hacker Girl, um, on on the on the phone, mm-hmm. talking about the code, he said, "Ooh, you got a sexy voice," or something like that. No, he didn't say that. He said something like that. He said something about like going out later or something. You say, I swear he said the word sexy. No, the FBI guy. Says yeah, that. no, I'm saying it happened twice. Oh, okay. So then later in the car, the FBI guy says, "Ooh, what a sexy voice!" And like, I, it's a normal ass voice. I, I don't know. I'm not saying Maggie Q's unattractive. I'm just saying it's a normal ass voice. You guys are being fucking weird. Uh, but then immediately. Upon recognition that that is indeed a sexy voice, Justin Long is like, "Hold up, that's the 
bitch told me right to code. Whoa! Because I recognized the voice that gave me boner. So, figured it out, hacker lady. And that is terrible. That is just terrible writing. Garbage. That is a terrible sequence of events. But anyway, we don't dwell on it too long because, oh, traffic starts going nuts. And cars start colliding and bullets are flinging. Everything turns into chaos. Yep, and then the parkour man, who they didn't kill from earlier, shows up with a helicopter. Yeah. And starts shooting the FBI guys. Mm-hmm. We, uh, F- rip, rest in peace, FBI guy. He lasted a whole three minutes next to John McClane. Yep, the other FBI guy was like, follow me, and then gets shot immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so Bruce Willis and Justin Long get into another car and uh, head on their way into a tunnel. Yes. But they're tracking them with that low jack and, you know, all that shit, because they're hacking Yep. Boy, they hack it, and they well, type they it away on that computer, and they're uh-huh. like, Bruce Willis here, Bruce Willis here, Bruce Willis here. In the tunnel, they decide to, uh, I think, make traffic come at them both ways. Yes. Yeah, and through the one tunnel. Yeah. Which I don't even know how that works, but whatever. I don't know. Um, surely to God, there's no tunnel like that ever. <laughs> it's a one-way tunnel, and they have it go both ways through the one tunnel. Like an alternating traffic tunnel? I don't. That makes no sense to me, but I don't know. Stuff's weird. I have no idea. Never been to DC. Uh, we get that. Uh, the you know they're they're about to get hit by a billion cars. Justin Long bails out of the car for some reason. Bruce Willis is like, "What are you doing?" And he has to like fucking save his ass. And this is where we get the shot from the trailer, where like he like shields him, and a car flips a billion times and lands on two other cars, yeah. and then over them. Uh, stupid shit. Uh, Look terrible. Anyway, I, I forget what eventually happens, but the helicopter's on the other side of the tunnel. Right. Bruce Willis is like, don't worry, I'll handle this. And this is probably, this is at least a candidate for dumbest part in the movie. Dumbest part in the franchise, even, if yeah, I would be so, so far, bold. Yeah. Bruce Willis kills this helicopter by driving his car very fast and then bailing out of the car and the car goes up what isn't a ramp but acts like what it goes up is a ramp and then crashes into the helicopter and explodes the helicopter and the helicopter dies. And boy, was it dumb. Parkour I laughed my ass off. By the way, parkour, parkour man gets out of the helicopter, jumps out of it. That's even dumber. <laughs> He's parkour man. He's like a cat. He just bailed out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, they kind of, like, make an attempt to reconcile this moment and make fun of it. And Justin Long's like, whoa, you killed a car. You killed a helicopter with a car. And he's like, you know, eh, whatever. He says something that's actually kind of funny, if I remember correctly. I forget. But who cares? It's still a dumb moment that you can't really excuse in that way. I think they did a much better job of ludicrous things happening, and then they deflate them with humor in two and three. Yeah, absolutely. I feel. And certainly in one. That's like the whole fucking movie. Um, yeah. We're on the road again. Yeah, uh, they get to, what are our heroes' plan at this point? So they get to... First thing they do is they get to uh, they get to homeland and it's completely swamped. And nobody will talk to them because they're too busy. Yeah. It's like, fuck this, we're just going to leave. Tries to get in contact with Bowman. Reaches him for about five seconds. And then... As they start talking about their the, the plan, they're kind of like discussing what their what the plan is that these guys are doing, what they think their plan is, and they're doing something that's established in a movie called a fire drill, fire sale, fire sale, fire sale. 
fire sale. Boy, if like, you didn't know what that was, they sure tell you about it. Yeah, so they did yeah. the idea just to basically they they shut down every system of that's controlled by technology in the United States to make them make everybody freak the fuck out and basically just destroy everything in one fell swoop, step by step. So like, all right, well, what's the next move? And just along tells mine, you take out the infrastructure, and everything's controlled by these hubs. You go to one of these hubs, and uh, I bet they're going to meet us there, because you, you have to go there physically. Yeah. Which, whatever, okay. So they go to a, a water plant thingy, like a water right. plant or something. Before this, the bad guys sent other bad guys there. Right. Now... I guess this is a good time because we haven't even talked about the bad guy yet and how boring and bad he is. Oh, yeah, this is the worst villain so far. I'm not even going to argue that point. He's terrible. This is the worst villain of the franchise for sure. Uh, well, we'll see in five. I don't know if it's worse. God forbid. This is Timothy Oliphant from Deadwood as Thomas Gabriel. And uh, what a nothing character. Like They have plenty of scenes to show that he's a villain and he's doing the bad things and doing the bad stuff, but... He has no character. No character. He's like blank expressions. Yeah. Like, it's like he struggles to show emotion. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrible. Maybe he's not even that good of an actor in this, to be honest. Like, I, I no, can't, I can't blame him necessarily. Like, maybe the direction was bad, but either way... No, he's absolutely not great. In this movie. Not great. I don't care. He's garbage in this movie. His, uh, his girlfriend is Hacker Lady... Mm-hmm. And he sends her to this water base or whatever the fuck it is. This is Maggie Q from, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Nikita, Mission Impossible 3. She's playing Mai Lin. And she also played Mai from King of Fighters in the King of Fighters movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I can't. About I didn't that. know it was a thing until today. Yeah. I was like, there's no way they made a King of Fighters movie. Sure there's did. no way. I would have known about it, right? No, no, they made it one. It's really bad. It's I bet it is. About it. It's not even like a fun, bad way like Street Fighter is. How depressing. Yeah. It's terrible. <sighs> Fuck that shit. So... Bad guy clash time. Yep. So they get to this scene is insane. They get to the the, the plant thingy and they they get on in there. Bruce Willis kills a guy or two or two or they don't kill the second guy. He doesn't kill the second guy. He just kills there's there's a, there's Lynn and then the two guys who are at the the, the water plant thingy and then the, the, he kills the one guy while making his way over to the main point where Mai is. They come in and they Bruce start Willis hacking the hacky point. And uh, taking back America, <laughs> yeah. But taking back America is interrupted by Ninja Girl attacking Bruce Willis, and then we get this fight scene that is really that lasts a long time and is really overblown. Yeah, and ends up she like kicks Bruce Willis out a fucking window, but he live, and then he get in a car, and then he drive up to the building somehow, and then hits her with a car in the building yeah. somehow. Falls into an elevator and then shaft. falls into an elevator shaft somehow, but like he like doesn't stop after he hits her down into the elevator shaft. He keeps driving, <laughs> which is stupid. So now they're both like hanging in this elevator shaft and like gonna fucking die. Yeah, but hey, whatever. Bruce Willis punches a woman in the face a lot and calls her a bitch. Thank you, cinema. Right. <laughs> He, you know, they beat the shit of each other for a little bit. He goes to climb out of the car. He barely makes it out as the uh, 
well, as he's climbing up, sorry, the other the other guard that was there notices him and tries to shoot at him, but then Justin Long hits him with the steel bar and knocks him down the elevator shaft to his untimely death. And as Bruce Willis is climbing out of the car, uh, Lynn is trying to try to get a gun to shoot him, and then the car falls down the shaft, and Bruce Willis grabs onto like an elevator cable, and she dies. Yeah. And then they proceed to taunt the bad guy with this information. Yeah, Bruce Willis does. Well, how smart. <laughs> I killed your girlfriend! And he's like, fuck, now I'm gonna have to kill the fuck out of Bruce Willis. Probably wasn't smart, Bruce Willis. Probably shouldn't have gloated about that one. Well, he's a dickhead, Mm. so whatever. So now their plan, I believe, is to go ahead and visit this man known as the Warlock. Yeah, before that, what forces them to leave? Right. Gas. Reroutes all the natural gas to this place. I don't know how that works. Uh, You just do it. Just hit a couple buttons, type in the password, all the gas going to one place. Got it? Great. It's good. That place starts exploding and they have to just get out of there. They're fine, though. Whatever. They live. It's fine. Jesus Christ. Everything's fine. This movie makes sense. They do a little gag mm. where they get in the car and trash the hot wire. Justin Long tells them to stop. Calls OnStar and tells them, my dad's dying. Oh, I think that was earlier in the movie, actually. I, was, I, I forgot about that, that scene. I thought it was at that part. I kind of liked that scene, actually. Yeah. It was either earlier or after this, because they take a helicopter to the Warlock's house. Oh, that's right. It's Because it is, there's this scene where Bruce Willis is yeah. like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter, but I'm going to fly a helicopter. You yeah. know, how hard can it be, LMAO? And then they just do it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what happens. I don't know. Ooh, please start Chopper Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so they get to the Warlock's house, and this is where I'm going to talk a lot. Uh, yeah, because ahead, the Warlock is 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 a man living in his mom's basement who is a good, a good old hacker man. And he is played by one Kevin Smith. How was he like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Kevin Smith uh, auditioned for this part because he, he is a huge fan of Die Hard and Bruce Willis, and he wanted to be in it. This is an exposition-heavy scene. They get a lot of dialogue across. Now, um, if you want to know more about this, go ahead and take a look at Sold Out, A Threevening with Kevin Smith. This is one of his, uh, you know, in a series of uh, many Evening with Kevin Smith uh, videos that are recordings of live shows where he answers people's questions, but mainly just talks about extended things at, at length and they're really good I, I like kevin smith a lot maybe a little less than i used to because he's certainly you know not making good stuff anymore oh. but he is a funny guy and i like his discussions about uh just weird things that have happened to him throughout the years in hollywood and uh this was one of them and he talks at length about his time working on die hard four and how weird it was um his Kevin Smith's impression of the set was was very like kind of like it was scattered and they didn't really have a plan because the whole point of this scene is kind of just exposition like this guy the warlock is going to tell the audience how badass the villain of the movie is Thomas Gabriel in a exposition little speech monologue thing uh, just tell them about the villain of the movie and get that information out of the way. But what they had written was apparently very jokey and comedic. Probably why 
Kevin Smith was the guy right. that they were choosing. And Bruce Willis didn't like the dialogue that they had chosen. He wanted it to be more serious. Because he was like, Die Hard's a serious shit. Like, the, you know, the, the country's supposed to be fucking collapsing at this point. We're not going to have time to make jokes about goth chicks and stuff. And Kevin Smith, while he kind of disagreed that Die Hard is serious shit. Because right. he was like, no, Die Hard's funny as hell. Um, was like, okay, well, you know what? I want the job and I want to be professional. So he was like, just give me a fucking laptop. While on the set, mind you. I'll rewrite the scene. So Kevin Smith wrote stuff for this movie. He kind of wrote this dialogue for himself here because they kind of just decided to explain things throughout the movie. They'll just throw them all in this scene and get across all of this exposition right here and right now. According to Kevin, the movie had like 20 something writers all doing parts and things. And there was various parts of the script that were unfinished throughout the entire process, but he banged us out and Bruce Willis said he liked it. And then he was like, oh, okay, so cool. It's getting in the movie. Cause Bruce Willis is diehard. He's the man. Uh, but then they had to wait for the studio to respond. And <laughs> this is really kind of funny. They had to wait for Fox to approve the script changes. And then allegedly Willis served the cast and crew barbecued chicken and tasty cakes while they waited for hours oh for the God. studio to respond. Uh, Kevin alleges he said, I love you, Bruce Willis, here when he had tasty cakes. <laughs> because, like, apparently that's like they're filming in Los Angeles and they don't have them in Los Angeles, but yeah. he brought them from the East Coast to have. So he, he alleges that he said, I love you, Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis said, yeah, everybody loves Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? So then, so then the execs finally call and talk to Willis, pleading their case to keep the script how it is. And Kevin like reiterates what he heard Willis say on the other side of the phone, and it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, uh huh. Well, no, because this has to happen. Well, no, because this has to happen. But then it, the phone call is over when he says, yeah, okay, who's your second choice to play John McClane? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, well, okay. And then hangs up the phone. And then they're like, we're using the dialogue you wrote, Kevin. <laughs> what the fuck? And then, so that happens. And it's just like a very weird, surreal experience, as Kevin Smith describes it. Because he's like, we like sat around and hung out and had barbecued chicken and tasty cakes. And nothing on the movie got done. Had a great time. But like, what should have been like a 10-minute shoot was an entire day of my life just hanging out with... Bruce Willis and shit, which was just weird. Uh, so he said about a year later, the movie was out by then. It was like 4th of July weekend when it came out. He got a call from Bruce Willis saying, hey, why don't we work on something together? We're both from Jersey. You know, you're a writer. I'm an actor. Let's maybe write, make a project together. And I watched him describe it as like adorable because I like when Kevin Smith talks about things and even he is like starstruck. Right. It's really funny. Like he like drops the mic on the ground <laughs> just like to accentuate how floored he was that Bruce Willis is like, yeah, let's make a movie. Right. Uh, but that that uh, that wouldn't uh, all work out for the best if you know what movie they made together because <laughs> that's cop out and that's not a good movie at all no nope. movie sucks ass and apparently they're uh 
if you can call it friendship, like they only really hung out one day <laughs> before they made a movie together, uh, kind of deteriorated because it's apparently the case that Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis clashed a lot and had big arguments and big fights on Cop Out. And uh, so that sucks. But Kevin Smith did also meet Justin Long here. Yeah. And then he had him be in tons of future movies for his uh, for him uh, notably tusk yeah where he plays the lead role in so right you know hey at least he got that but if you want to know more about that you can uh watch three evening with kevin smith or uh it, some of it's on youtube as well uh that shit's crazy fuck real weird surreal shit everybody loves Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it so all this exposition gets dumped. Where it's like, oh, he, he, good old villain man, created the defense system, motherfuckers. You guys all understand. He works for guy. the government and was like, you need to defend it against cyber terrorism. And then, like, they're like, no. They're like, nah. And then he's like, well, how about now when he does all the cyber terrorism? <laughs> it's really dumb. It doesn't make any sense that this is the man's plot. Right. The plots of the villains in one, two, and three at least kind of makes sense to varying degrees. I, I think, obviously, one is, fares better than the other two. Yeah. But this one's just nonsensical. I'll show the government by blowing up the government. That'll show the government. Fuck the government. He's actually taking their money. Aren't they always? Yeah. It's always a steal them plot. Steal all the money in the world. <sighs> Even Bruce Willis makes a joke where it's like, oh, it's always just about the money. It is, though. Well, yeah. He's correct. Correct, yes. That's how it works. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a bunch of dumb shit happens in this scene. Bruce Willis calls Kevin Smith fat. Great. <laughs> Thank you, movie. Great. It's whatever. It's just basically an excuse for them to kind of like hack their own thing and figure out where he is and then they go to where he is and also an excuse to have the bad guy go like oh yeah well i have your daughter she's in an elevator right here and we're coming to get her right now john fuck you john haha we got your daughter haha going out it's personal just to further the plot because now it's personal right so it's time to go uh fight the bad guy as john mcclain wants to do he tells uh justin long to stay behind because uh you're not an action man justin long just long comes anyway. Yeah, I don't know why, though. I don't know. Because he's not really effective during the last part of the movie, necessarily. He does the one thing. He does the one thing. But he, you know, he got kidnapped with the, uh, the rest of them. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, when they get to the place, they start doing what they got to do. He immediately gets kidnapped. Little yep. Justin Longy immediately gets kidnapped. and uh, As does John McClane's daughter. So yep. now it's a double hostage situation. Trying to rescue Justin Long and his daughter. Most, mostly, mostly his daughter. Yeah, he goes to catch up to him. Uh, they they escape in a, in, in a truck in a van. And a uh, parkour man stays behind to fight McLean. McLean kicks him into a big old fan and he gets shredded. It looks like, it looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, bad. It did. So now you have a scene 
That's all. That's literally all that happens. I've seen some quips where McLean's making God, fun it, of the him. The pacing in this movie is terrible. It's, it's kind of just like big action set piece, big action set piece. They all take so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of Terminator Dark Fate, actually. Yeah. Same kind of like just get on with it kind of feeling to the action. Right. That's not what you want with Die Hard. You want it to be the fun time. But no, not really here. Die Hard actually has a lot of downtime in it, but that downtime yeah. is filled with like character moments mm-hmm. and like stuff that's either funny or endearing about John McClane, and that's great. These even the sequels, movie doesn't have a lot of that. Even the sequels don't have a lot of that. Yeah, that's true. Something that's kind of missing from the franchise, and I think it's more evident here than ever before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bigger isn't always better. Because, nope. man, the ending of this movie is fucking ridiculous with the freeway action scene. That's what oh, we're to right now. Oh, my God. So they notice that McClane's hot on their tail. That's He's driving a semi. big old truck. Yeah, he jumps on this semi and then, like, takes the guy that's driving it out and starts following them in it. They notice that something's up. They realize that McClane's in that truck. And they hack. <laughs> oh, God. Of course they do. They... Mm. I'm in. Hack. They say I'm in a lot in this movie, by the way. They say I'm in so much in this movie. There's, uh, They have to say it 20 times. It, it's terrible. Yeah. So it's, it's true. It's true hacker man nightmare. It what really is. What is. a tired ass trope, the hacker man. Please it's kill terrible. this trope. It's terrible. I blame this movie specifically. It's part of it. It is part of it. This is one of the biggest movies that had hackermans in it. Yep, terrible. And they hack a fucking military jet <laughs> to mark Bruce Willis's semi as a terrorist threat. Take him out. And then this dude Look, we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in an evacuated area, it seems. But it's still a civilian area. No, there's still cars there. They, they're cars abandoned driving. cars. Oh, they abandoned cars? It looks like abandoned cars. Oh, okay. I'm just saying... It doesn't look like a real set. It reminded me of some shit from Man of Steel where it just like cuts from like the CGI action to like this shitty set. Right. <laughs> where they're at like this fake ground zero looking ass shit and it's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird set. Like, I don't know. A lot of the action in this movie wasn't CG shit. So it is impressive that they were able to do a lot of this shit. But God, this this end segment is the worst looking of them all. Yeah. Because a lot of it is CG because you probably can't have a real jet attacking Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. And you can tell it's a CG jet. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, but yeah, this jet's attacking Bruce Willis and like literally, okay, so it's blowing up, <laughs> it's blowing up the freeway. And so it's when, like absolute chaos. There's when a jet gets notified, it's not even like the jet controls itself were hacked and the dude's like controlling it and forcing shit to blow up. Yeah, this is a this is a member of the U.S. Air Force. Yeah, who's told that this terrorist is in just a semi truck. Yeah, do you really think he's going to blow up infrastructure <laughs> to take out this single terrorist this in is a, a semi? A lot of collateral damage. What the. F- it's so much. It's it's an excessive amount of destruction that takes place here. This guy's gonna bomb the freeway. I gotta bomb the freeway. <laughs> That's what it is. It's so bad. Thank you, Corey. That's a good point. That's exactly um, what it is, dude. It's terrible. <laughs> and yeah, then so they blow. He starts going up this big freeway ramp, and he's blowing up the ramp. Yeah. And then Bruce, well, this is. 
The, the oh truck my God. starts falling within like the blowing up road. Bruce Willis is driving on collapsing street, by the way. Like, and he's just cool. He's just like, ah, oh, come on, man. Shit. He's just like <laughs> still getting by. <laughs> Fine. Terrible. But um, he, he jumps out of the semi. Yeah. Onto the plane. Onto the plane. And then a, 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 a chunk mm-hmm. of freeway goes into the engine of the plane. Yeah. And then it starts fuck, fucking coming down. So Bruce guy, Willis kills an air, uh, a fucking jet. Yeah. Just by himself. And then the guy, like, ejects himself off. The, the pilot ejects himself from the plane. Yeah. And then he jumps off the jet onto the ground. And then where he lands... The van he was following just pulls in. Oh my! That was the worst part too, because like, you, he like loses track he's of chasing this van, and then the van like should be miles away while he's fucking with this jet for like twenty for minutes. like twenty minutes. It feels like, and then he just lands like next to where he has to go. <laughs> it's so terrible. And so now we get our final confrontation of the. Film. Not nearly as exciting or dumb as that, but it is still dumb. Uh, yeah, he waltz. He waltzes on in. Bad starts. guy is here, and he's like, "Fuck you, John! I've already won, or yeah. whatever he says." Wait, he I starts shooting bad guys. There, they just shoot John McClane, and he's on the ground. Shoots him in the leg. And he's yeah. just on the ground. He's like, "Oh God, oh fuck!" While they're like beating the shit out of Justin Long and like trying to make him do shit, they shoot him as well in the in the leggy, in the knee or something. Yep, in the leggy. Yeah. Try to make him do Tackerman shit to undo this encryption he put on the, the hack. Which is undo the hack that you hacked us with and rehack the hack, you hacker. Right. Something like that. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. And so as as villain man's like, oh, I'm about to shoot you, John McClane, and you're about to die. He he grabs McClane. And then, like, puts his puts the gun to him. But, like, for some reason, he, like, decides to jam it into his shoulder. Yeah. Um, for no reason besides yeah. the surface, the plot that's about to happen. Uh, which doesn't make any sense. This ending is ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, McLean pulls the trigger that the guy is holding into his shoulder. McLean's shoulder. Yeah. And it shoots through McLean... Into the bad guy, Kills and then the bad guy dies in one shot. But McLean's fine. Yep. So like, follow with me at home, kids. McLean shoots himself and is okay. Shoots through him, hits the bad guy. Bad guy dies instantly. <laughs> and it's not like it went into his head or his heart. Or his heart. I think it, like, there. he's, shoulder. like, right behind him. So, like, it's probably, like, shoulder to, like, lower shoulder. Yeah. And, like, it. what doesn't kill Bruce Willis kills this man through Bruce Willis. Yep. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, and then, uh, and then at the same time, Justin Long shoots with a gun this Italian guy. Yeah, he's been in the movie. But There's been an Italian guy the whole time. It's not worth mentioning. Random henchman, man. Yeah, insignificant. Yeah, and just like parkour, there man. There we go. They saved. Then we get a scene where they're in an ambulance. Oh yeah, sappy dumb scene where like we had like a suggestion that like his daughter and Justin Long kind of like hit on each other or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I don't have to have to kill you. Ha ha. <laughs> I don't want to kill you for wanting to fuck my daughter. Ha ha. Let's remain friends instead. Ha ha. And then, you know, the movie's over. And they, I think they play Fortunate Son again. They do. Um, so that was Live Free or Die Hard. 
Oh, I thought that was the Irishman. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It's better... Okay, it's better than some movies we've seen on Ken and Chubb. Like, it's it's probably not even the bottom ten for no, me. it's not. But... In the context of This Die is Hard. embarrassing for Die Hard. Right. Like, I oddly liked 2 and 3. I was very surprised by 2 and 3. And I'm incredibly disappointed by this one. Because, yeah. like, when you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes... Like, Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie an 82%. Well, they give it anything. Well, I mean, yeah, I, you know what I mean. But stick with me. Like, like the other ones are so low. 2 and 3. Like, people hated 2 and 3, I guess. That's weird. It's really weird to me because they're far superior to this one. Yeah, absolutely. And they're But this movies. movie, like, had good reviews at the time. Like, the reception was way better than 2 and 3. I don't understand why. Because this movie sucks. I, I, I mean, it's kind of a consensus now that it's not good because no one talks about it. I think it, it a lot of it is the Hacker Man plot. A lot of it is that stuff has aged so poorly and is so laughably bad. And also that paired with the very fucking stupid over the top action and not charmingly stupid like it kind of is in two and three. Yeah, is just it's it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and makes me just hate this movie so much. Yeah, it's, bad. it's it's really disappointing. It's big trash. Big trash. But it was successful big trash. It grossed $385.5 million okay. on a $110 million budget, making it the highest grossing Die Hard I, I movie. I even saw it as a teenager, and I wasn't like the biggest fan of Die Hard back oh, then. Everybody wanted to go I, see I another Die Hard. I the first one, obviously. But. Yeah. I wish I could say this is probably the low point. It's not. From what, everything I've seen, it gets worse. Uh, a Good Day to Die Hard is next. Came out just a couple years ago, I believe. Yes. And it is apparently one of the worst sequels to anything ever. I think it's like 11% Holy to shit. compare it to this one on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Um, well, this is at the point, this gets to the point where Bruce Willis's career <sighs> stops giving a shit. Yeah. I think we're already at that point right here. No, he still gives a shit. He still gives a shit at this point. He was trying to make a movie at right. least. Like, it didn't work out. Yeah, sure, you're right. Yeah. No, he, he, he still gave a shit at this point. He does not give a shit anymore. Have you ever seen, like, the, everything you've seen Bruce Willis in recently acting, it does not look like he cares. It looks like he's vaping and is, like, getting a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. We don't blame the man. I also can't remember the last time I've seen him in anything. I remember he was in uh, the fucking remake of Death Wish, and that's yeah. the last time I remember, like, hearing his name at all. He was in something pretty recently that I saw. I'm trying to think about what it was. Well, it sounds like a memorable flick. Yeah, that's, well, you know. <laughs> Got any more factoids about Lift oh, or Die Hard? Yeah, there's one I forgot that's important. Uh, there's a random hacker man. It's not important. It's just funny. A random hacker man played by Andrew Friedman. Uh-huh. I bring that up because he plays Charlie's Uncle Jack on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it was very distracting because I was like, it's Uncle Jack with the fake hands. <laughs> and then like yep. there's a scene where like the hacker evil hacker mans kill all those hacker guys they have working for them and they kill Uncle Jack and I was no. like no Uncle, Uncle Jack, Jack. <laughs> he probably deserved it but no <laughs> it's really weird when people I recognize from like things show up in things 
Like that aren't like huge Hollywood actors. Like the only thing I know that guy from is Always Sunny, and apparently he hasn't been in much else. So that's that's some weird shit. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot else. Uh, I'm sure next week will be interesting because we're going to be talking about how the fuck did they make a fifth Die Hard that was so bad that it killed the franchise probably forever. I don't know. Do you think Disney will make another Die Hard now that they own it? Do you think Disney would make uh, a Die Hard? There's a movie rumored called McLean. Is it a prequel? I'm not sure. Don't make that. <laughs> don't do it. If it's a prequel, they can get away with not hiring Bruce Willis, I guess. But I don't think I want to see a Die Hard movie without Bruce Willis. I think he's like attached to it. Oh, it's yeah. like Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. I, I feel like you don't make that. Recent you just thing, don't make that. It's not that recent, but recent thing I liked Bruce Willis in was Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, he's in that? Okay. Yeah. No, he's a lot great of people in that. in that. He's great in that movie. It's funny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Get fucked or die hard. <laughs> Disney or die hard. Oh, they should just call it. They should just call it Disney Hard. Because mm, Disney <laughs> makes everything die. Just show a whole bunch of Disney characters with boners. Oh. Like that. Like that priest from Little Mermaid. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm leaving now. All right. See you next week for... Well, I, for all, I already forgot the title of the next Die Hard. Oh, wait. Tom's here, and I forgot to ask him about the great furry class warfare that's going on with cats. No! No! Don't stop...